0: Hey guys, welcome to Begging Boardcast, episode number 318. I'm Chris. I'm John. And I'm Paul. We're a weekly podcast sometimes that comes to you in three ways. The first being
1: The Week in Geek, bringing you the top geek stories of the past week. Next is the list,
0: the comic books that we are looking forward to coming out October 12, 2016. Then we follow it up with our weekly rotating main topic, and this week we're taking a look back at some of the comic books that came out in August, right? Mm-hmm. Okay, because we're behind because it's my fault. No,
1: it's September. Yeah, September, not October. September. 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 Okay. Oh my
0: goodness. I know. I forgot. What we lost it a is. couple episodes because my work schedule, and then there was a hurricane here. So. Yeah. So, Chris, you not are. dead? I'm not dead. <laughs> <laughs> things are okay. It was on our side of things. I mean, since I'm in Central Florida, it was basically just really rainy and windy and just terrible storm. But we I mean, lose it was any a lot windows? more serious other places, but. Lose any windows? Lose any trees? Lose any power? Uh, uh, power went out, but nothing else really happened. Some palm fronds were knocked off the trees in front of my apartment. That's about it. You should save those for Easter. I'm not doing that. Oh,
2: okay. I like fronds. pond fronds. I didn't know that's what the technical term was.
0: That's that's what they're called. They're you know fronds. What?
2: We're a podcast that comes to you in three different ways, and also in ways that will enlighten you. Mm. And we will enlighten
1: you by imbibing... Some beer. And uh, before we talk about ours, because ours pale in comparison to yours, Chris, please explain what you are drinking.
0: All uh, right. Well, when I went to go get beer for our next recording, I went to my local beer store and I always check out the limited edition releases first just to see if they have anything from breweries that I like, um, if there's anything that I've been waiting for to come out that's like just now appearing in the area. And They had three bottles uh, from a brewery I haven't heard of before. And this is Sound Brewery um, from Washington. And these were branded Mortal Kombat X. And each one has a different character on it. There's Raiden, Raiden. Sub-Zero, and Scorpion.
1: Sub-Zero.
0: Scorpion.
1: Thank you, Paul. you got to say it in
2: the Mortal Kombat voices. Otherwise, people don't actually know.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Um, Scott was I would be able to I think $10 play. a bottle. So I was like, you know what? Ooh. That's not outlandish. So I'll give these a try. Um, so, yeah. Because when you see Mortal Kombat beer, you buy Mortal Ooh. Kombat beer. I mean, that's just one of the rules of having a podcast.
2: Mm-hmm. And, so uh, I'm,
0: I'm when- starting off with the Raiden Imperial Saison.
1: Ooh.
0: And for this, they say this amped up Imperial Saison has an electrifying blast of hops and CO2 that shock the tongue and thrill your senses. The aroma hops out of the glass with earthy herbal notes not far behind. Mm. And I, I will say yes, this is a, a Saison. Oh, okay. It's, it it's not standout. It's not terrible. It's it's a nice drinkable kind of farmhouse beer.
2: It's um, not shockingly good?
0: It's not shockingly good, but you know <laughs> what? It has Raiden on the bottle, and it's not bad, so I call this a win <laughs> right. uh, for Sound Brewery. Um,
2: oh, but it's not a perfect...
0: Oh, it's, it's not. It's, but it's not a fatality, either.
1: <laughs> it would be, <laughs> That's
0: um, not his no, it's, finishing move. It's it's good. It's got like that kind of nice banana breadiness that I enjoy out of a Saison, just with mm-hmm. the spices on it.
2: So now that you
0: opened the bottle, will you finish him? I I, I will finish him. I mean, should they are bomber-sized bottle, so I'll probably finish this glass and then like, leave this on the side for... Later in the show, as we continue to talk, because you guys have a bunch of beers, yeah, we have. Today, so I'm going to need to try to keep up with you. Uh,
2: this first one, John uh, was able to grab us. Uh, Big Ditch. He, he said, thing. "Get over here." <laughs> yeah, he said, "Get over here." Uh, he was able to grab uh, from Big Ditch a very small local brewery. They just started yep.
1: canning. They just started
2: canning and distributing.
1: So uh, uh, and they do all fresh beers. Everything needs to be kept refrigerated. Oh, so. That's a good thing it was in my freezer or fridge this whole when time.
2: When I brought him over, I, I told you. I know I didn't. I, didn't, uh, I remember John
0: brought. saying that like last week or the yeah, week says, before, when talking about big ditch beers too. It says
2: it right here: drink this beer fresh, keep refrigerated. Drink this beer fresh, keep refrigerated. It's repeated across the, uh, the can here. And this is uh, Lowbridge Golden Ale. And I'm going to stop talking so John can actually say something important instead of me just rambling.
1: Uh, this tastes like yeah, a Labats, you know.
2: Is it the copy golden ale featuring old world American and German
1: hops? It, it has like a little bit of a
2: <laughs>
1: it has like a little bit of a weediness. It tastes it tastes good. I would I would drink this if there was really nothing else. Uh, I wouldn't actively go out and buy this or seek it out. But mm-hmm. I can see where some beer drinkers would Love this beer, especially if they're just like Labatt drinkers. Yeah, but I would still. I'm not just a Labatt drinker,
2: but I'm still a, Lab, a Labatt drinker. And uh, I would still drink a
1: Tall Boy of Labatt Blue Light over this beer. I don't think it's bad. I, I don't think, think it's bad, but it's I, d- I think not that better. It warmed up and we sat talking before we recorded for an hour. Like it warmed Even up and it I just. Drank it fresh. I liked it. Like when it was ice cold, I thought it had a nice bite to it.
2: You can say the same thing about a Labatt Blue,
1: <laughs> you know.
0: And you, you, you know what? Can uh, what I can say it like doesn't make it true, but yeah.
1: you, you know. Also, you don't
2: need to keep it in the fridge. You can just keep it wherever the Labatt Blue, because it's easy like shit, no matter <laughs> yeah, what. No matter what you do, <clears throat> uh, Chris, that is true. You could say about it, and it is not true. But you can't say that this news didn't happen this past week. Well, you could. You could just be like, "Nope, didn't happen." <laughs> not like that. Oh, I, I guess. Well, you would be wrong, and we have some exciting news, right? What's What's the most exciting news we have? Chris,
0: Is it, teaser I, trailer. I was gonna say there, there's there's nothing I was really like too excited about. No, everything. But, um, you're excited
1: about everything. I
0: was gonna say there's there, the thing that probably brought me the most joy over the past week and being uh, stuck at home because of the hurricane was the release of Netflix's Luke Cage, Ooh. Um, like a week and a half ago now.
1: Hmm. Sorry, I was taking a sip. Yes, because uh, you know I haven't seen it.
0: Paul doesn't watch them.
1: I thought afraid. this was the best out of the Netflix series, and I liked them all. Um, I think this was the most well done. I mean the the music with it, the casting, everything was so spot on, and it had some. I mean, it had some drama to it, but it had some fun, and there was definitely. I mean, those cliffhanger cliffhanger endings. I think twice, like the one night my wife was like, all right, when this episode ends, we're going to go to bed. And then the episode ended and she went, come on, and then started the next episode. Uh, and I did the same thing towards the end
0: when I was like, all right, I can't, we can't just leave it like this. we got to watch the next episode. I will agree. I think this is my favorite of the Marvel Netflix shows. Even though towards the end it kind of falters... Um you were right about the finale, it kinda left me just wanting a little bit more.
1: I they could have
0: but, done a better job at the finale. But I, I did enjoy it. Um I think Coppermouth was a great villain. Cottonmouth. Cottonmouth. Sorry, yeah.
2: it's yeah. okay. You uh, should take a sip, and I think your mouth is dry, almost like you have cotton.
0: Almost.
1: Oh. <laughs> you kind hating me. With you and your it. jokes today. I, I'm not in the mood. I'm <laughs> in the mood. Uh,
0: I, I, I really though. enjoyed this. I after finishing it, I want to go back and rewatch the rest of the shows, like Daredevil, Daredevil season two, and Jessica Jones, um, just to appreciate those because I I burned through these seasons so fast because I just love them that I want to go back and kind of look for the stuff that I may have missed and savor it a little bit more before heading into the next one that comes out.
1: Uh, no, I I hear you. I mean, the show came out on Friday, and I finished it on Monday. Oh. I, I don't understand how you guys can do it. Like, each of
2: these shows are so uh, dark. Heavy? And heavy? Like, yeah, they're, I can't, they're, they're dense. Yeah, but. I can't get through it. But like, I watch one, and I'm like, Oof. I don't know if I can handle another 50 minutes of that.
1: The Daredevil and the Jessica Jones were ones that I definitely, like, one or two a night... Mm-hmm moved through them it took me about a week and a half this one was just so there's there's i wouldn't say there's something light about it but mm-hmm. there's something that it just is well shot well executed and when an episode ends you just really want to go on to the next one mm-hmm. and i mean the one t- two weeks ago when we didn't record on a sunday my wife and i just sat there and all day like just binge watched that and like movies mm. Like I can't even get through a like a light show like The Flash that
2: quickly. Like I just started that came up on uh, Netflix on Tuesday. And Kate and I were only four episodes in. So
1: I guess that's a yeah. little
2: fast, you know. It came up last Tuesday, it's a week ago, so almost not even one a day.
1: Yeah. I don't know. I I'm a binge watcher. My mm-hmm. wife is too. I mean she and like I think three weeks watched all of um, oh what's that English show with the uh, Downton Abbey Downton Abbey you know she <laughs> cruised through that which I like because I could just go watch whatever I wanted to watch she doesn't like watching horror movies and <laughs> <laughs> but uh yeah no I think Netflix was great I the I'm I'm looking forward to and what we got also uh at um on Saturday we got a release of another trailer for Iron Fist
0: which i am excited about yeah coming out from New York Comic Con we got they had a whole defenders panel um, and we got first look at everyone together on the stage but we also got the Iron Fist trailer which stars out what's his name Finn Jones as Danny Rand yep defenders and I'm, on the I'm looking forward to the show as soon as i saw his fists start to glow i was like okay yeah um i liked the action in luke cage but it was more just kind of like brawly and i missed what i had in daredevil where everything was a little bit more choreographed so this looks like it's going to be a little bit more up my alley action-wise
1: yeah no the trailer just got me super psyched for the spring and um we also have like uh some other like little defenders news um they're shooting season one of The Punisher now. Oh. And we also got uh, at the same panel...
0: A uh, well, uh, fun note on that, too. Uh, John Barenthal, who's playing The Punisher, actually said he's basing his take more on the the Dirty Laundry fan film short <laughs> that came out. Like, that was kind of his inspiration.
1: Nice uh yeah no that'll be good especially for this this punisher now after the events of daredevil season two i think that's a good kind of play for him uh but we got that we get we did get some casting news from that they they cast a hunk to play micro which i wasn't too happy about i don't know you know get sipowitz from nypd blue that's who (laughs) we need for a micro or wayne knight he already played him I, know, I, know, I don't even know who. Yeah, yeah, it's fun to stare at you after I <laughs> say actors' names. Uh, Dennis Franz. <laughs> nothing. He's got nothing. He doesn't know who that is. No. Uh, <laughs> um, and then we also got the casting of who's going to be the big bad, quote unquote, for the Defenders. And it is Zool. No. <laughs> no, she's. Dana Barrett.
2: She's a, Dana Barrett. She's the gatekeeper. She's waiting for the Keymaster. So she's gonna be the uh, big bet. that's kinda cool. That's good. She's an action star.
1: She's an action star. She can kick butt. Yeah. She can be menacing in the background. I know. I mean look at her in, in the movie Paul. I, I didn't that's
2: see true. that movie. Oh. Well, have you still not seen that movie? Yeah, but she was also a good uh villain at the very end. Spoiler alert in Kevin in the Woods. True, Cap- Yeah, spoilers for Kevin in, in the, the Woods. woods.
0: I want to rewatch that. It's been a while since I've seen it.
2: It's a pretty good horror movie. It's a good movie. I really like it.
0: I should just find that complete right. side conversation. I was trying to think of what movies I want to watch for Halloween this year. Mm-hmm. I mean, Hocus Pocus, obviously top of the list, but I think Cabin in the Woods is going to be the other ones. I think I
2: think that's a good one to add. Yeah, uh, Army of Darkness or one of the Evil Dead's.
0: Army of Darkness. I love Evil Dead, but
1: uh, season two
0: of Ash versus the Evil Dead started up, and it is better than the first season see i still haven't watched all the first season i saw the uh premiere but that was it yeah oh um i forgot about this this is kind of relevant news to us it was announced from amazon that they are going forward with the tick as a series oh okay that's this that's the series that's going to be there
1: that are probably i I
0: read that online uh last week and I was like oh cool we can talk about that and I completely forgot about it until just now
1: (laughs) nice Um, yeah that'll be fun I I I, when we had the conversation of when we watched these shows John Claude Van Johnson and The Tick were the ones that were going to be competing against each other and it would be just The Tick would be something that would work better as a TV series where I don't know how well Van Johnson would do so, yeah, that's it, was, good.
0: it was a lot of fun, though.
1: Oh, it was so much fun. Um,
0: and if you want to hear what we say about those, that's actually, what was it, episode... I gotta look it up. For... Mm. 3.13? So I'm checking the show notes. Yep, episode number 3.13, Nitpicky, is our review of John, uh, Claude Van Johnson and The Tick. Oh, uh, yeah, because I, I was being Nitpicky. Very Nitpicky. <laughs> But yeah, what else we got? Mighty Morphin Power Rangers trailer came out. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I have to say, I, I enjoyed it. I posted it over on our Facebook page, so if you haven't seen it yet for some reason, you can go over there and check it out. Uh, I dug it. It looks better than I think it should, based off of what we've got with other kind of 90s nostalgia shows like coming back as movies with like Ninja Turtles or Transformers. G.I. Joe, Battleship,
2: <laughs> oh, Battleship. I'm a little afraid from this trailer that I might get like the first Hulk kind of vibe from it. You know, the angly Hulk, which is like most of the movie are just waiting for the Hulk to do cool stuff. Because
0: in this trailer, you're like,
2: yeah, I want to see the suits. I want to see the Zoids, Swords Zoids, Zoids.
0: Zoids was different. Zoids, zoids was the <laughs> Zords,
2: <laughs> Zords. Zoids, Zoids. Zords, right? The Megazord. Yeah, Yeah, I want to see the Zords. Let's let's
1: go! And Uh, they don't give it to you at all. That was something I did, I felt a little bit the same, like, oh, is this going to be a lot of them just as kids? But if you can wrap that up in the first half hour and then get into the super cool stuff. Yeah, but that's full-on me just sitting there, like there yet? Hey, maybe they can splice in the action between the, you know, them finding it mm-hmm. and them in a major battle or something. Who knows? I mean, we... Yeah. Well, you don't this know. It's is the a trailer. It's a t- trailer of it, you know? <clears throat> I'm just saying, first impression. That's
0: funny. Uh, first impression, I, am I am not was...
2: Alo- am I, not I was again? impressed
0: by it. It's got a good look to it. Mm-hmm. Um... Yeah, Reader Pulse is creepy, hovering over people's dead.
2: Like Zool! <laughs> like Zool! Like Zool!
1: Three feet! That's, That's how you know she's Uh... <laughs> Paul, I, I agree with you. I felt okay. the same way that the trailer made me feel. Yeah, but, but we, at the yeah. same time, you gotta like. Mm, yeah. trailer. I'm trying to keep you from being nitpicky. <laughs> i Can be nitpicky. That's why people, people show up here. <laughs> That's and, why people listen. Mm-hmm. They're like, ah, is, how is Paul going to be nitpicky this? Say? day?
0: Uh, I thought about being like really dumb and doing a review of the original Mighty Morphin Power Rangers movie trailer, <laughs> but I I decided against that.
1: It is, I watched that not too long ago. Well, probably about two years ago, but I watched it.
0: Uh, uh, I watched it not too long ago. I
1: think we watched it together.
0: Is that okay? Is that the last time I saw it? Yes. Um, which, you can watch all of the movie on Netflix. Someone did post it.
1: Oh, on YouTube? They're
0: sky, yeah, they're skydiving. <laughs> it starts right up at the beginning.
1: Oh, that movie... No, I'm looking, I'm, I am looking forward to this. There's some movies out there that I, like, even like, um, X-Men Apocalypse, I still have no, nothing is driving me to see that movie.
0: Yeah, I still haven't seen it.
1: And even, like, Caitlin was like, eh, you want to watch this? And I was like, you know what, let's not rent it. Let's save her money. When it comes up for, on anything to watch, we'll do
0: it then. I think they have the last Transformers movie on Netflix now, I It was either Netflix or Hulu I saw it on, Uh, I can't remember. It's been on
1: Hulu for a while, I believe.
0: Okay. So I was thinking about watching that because I still haven't seen it. Oh, don't do it. Not that I necessarily need
1: to see it, but... You know what? Watch it after this when you have all the rest of those bombers and you're already half (laughs) in the bag. Watch it then because that's the only way to watch it. It's so awful.
0: Note taken. What other news did we have? Paul, you had a bunch of uh, game stuff.
1: Oh, yeah, I, game stuff. I had
2: uh, the reviews are out for that micro or that mini NES, and people saying, hey, it works great, except uh, you only get a three-foot cable cord, less than three feet of cable between you and your controller. So with uh, those HDTV, <laughs> those huge screens that you have that tell you you should be sitting at least five feet away uh, or more to get the full picture and effects so you don't see all the different pixels there Uh, especially you know when you're emulating something uh it might it might cause some people a little conniption so invest in a long if you buy one invest in a long hdmi cable and make sure that's like on a table next to you as you play it or something because otherwise you're going to be right in front of
1: your really big screen uh and i think i mean that's basically the length of the previous old school system controllers because i remember always sitting right in front of the tv right and you know because you didn't it didn't reach the couch it didn't reach the chair so i always was sitting on the floor but those tvs the TV also TV. sat on the floor <laughs> i never had one that sat on the floor oh
2: how, how tall how far off the floor was it three feet above the covers yeah not but not mounted on a wall like they a mountain are now. On a wall. No, you know, I'm just saying that now TVs are like mounted on a the wall. They're like almost they're 40 to 50 inches. They're 60 inches. They're not not something you really want to be only three feet away from.
1: Yeah. So, so, so I'm just saying, it seems like a good thing. Seems I, I'm surprised they didn't do like a wireless controller. Yeah. And I understand like oh that's like a little more technology or putting something out for 50 bucks. Mm-hmm. But it's really kind of. You could have just had them battery operated or. Yeah. You know. Anything. But, uh,
2: yeah. I, I also talked about uh, Twitch becoming a part of your Amazon Prime account. You, you can get the Twitch Prime so you can watch other people play classic video games as far away from the TV as you want because you're not actually controlling anything.
0: I, so. I don't understand that. Like, watching someone play video games was the worst part of playing video games over at your friend's <laughs> house when you were growing up because they only had, like, the controller and you had to, like, quote-unquote, take turns. I don't yeah. I don't want to just sit there and watch people play games, unless it's something like, uh, oh, hey, here's a walkthrough, because I get stuck on trying to figure out how to solve a puzzle or something.
1: Yeah. Walkthroughs I are good. I, I watched a little bit of gameplay footage for, um... The new Resident Evil, the first person... Oh, yeah. The VR experience. Weird. Yeah, like that thing. Just because I was like, oh, this is creepy. I want to know more about it. But yeah, like, I couldn't just sit and watch somebody, somebody else's game.
2: I, I don't watch Twitch either. Just doesn't interest me. But I'll watch people play board games, which is funny. Because, you know, on tabletop. Will Wheaton's yeah. thing. But it's also they're telling jokes yeah, and being telling, yeah. humorous. Mm-hmm. Well, I'm guessing that's what happens on Twitch, too. Like, these are people that, you know, have a personality that are talking up the games and talking about you're watching the games that.
1: You're watching somebody talk while they're, you're not just watching the game? Yeah, right, right. I believe
0: that's all part and parcel of it. Is it
1: like MST3K? Like, you see a silhouette of them I don't, in front of the game I've never playing?
2: done it. Uh, I don't know. You
0: can, sometimes people will have, like, a webcam on and have like an overlay where you can see them talking and like interacting and stuff but yeah, yeah. not for me yeah.
2: chris what i'm surprised that you're not more into is the announcement that all the harry potter movies are coming back to imax uh, um, this month
0: and that's really cool starting like two
2: days from today
0: i've I've seen them all in the theaters, like, multiple times. I own them all on DVD. Um, I, I don't feel the need to, like, throw more money at them, I guess, so, when there's movies that I still haven't seen in the theater that I probably should have.
1: And it goes to Harry Potter World all the time. He gets to live the movie
0: oh, it's <laughs> Well, it's been a while since I've done that, but I mean, also, like, work and things like that. Hey, guys. My flight was down. Hey. Hey, guys. You are that excited about this news? Well, I'm kind of I know, excited it's, because... It's there's... cool. I, I do appreciate the lead-up to Fantastic Beasts and Where to Find Them. I'm very excited for that. Uh,
1: gives me an yeah,
0: excuse I... to bust out the DVDs.
1: <laughs> yeah. yeah, Not go see them in the theater. Oh, yeah. Bust out the DVDs.
0: Yeah. yeah, I mean, the money you spend on the tickets for that, you could buy the... Blu-ray extended editions and then still have money to buy the rest of your groceries.
2: Or at least popcorn for all the,
1: All, all the popcorn. Mm-hmm. Uh,
2: there's going to be single tickets, single movie screenings, three, four, three or four and full access tickets so you can watch the entire series. And I believe there are uh, there's rumors that they might do like uh, the last two you know, together.
0: Back to the, oh, back, see, back
2: would... and then like with Fantastic Beasts
0: afterwards. Ah. see that would be cool. Like that was something that I think is is worth it. Kind of like a secret thing that uh,
1: might happen. So. Secret thing might happen. Secret. How would people know?
2: It's a rumor. did we have any other news? I, I talk shit about computers. I'm good. We're good,
0: Chris. Yeah, I, I'm good. I talked about Power Rangers and. Netflix stuff. Alright. You usually kick us off. Are we going going to the next beer? Yeah, let's go to the next beer. And we're back, and we're here to talk about our comic book picks coming out for October 12th, in the list. Yes, in the list. I like how you did that. Thank you.
1: So, who who (laughs) should talk first? I am looking forward to uh, one, it is October, so I love me some halloween movies i love horror movies and i am looking forward to the sequel to the lost boys this is lost boys number one of six from dc comics and this is uh continuing uh the events that happened on the bloody
0: boardwalk of santa carla didn't we already have a lost boys sequel yeah you had some really bad movies because I remember watching something else with the Gecko Brothers in it.
1: Yeah, no, they made a couple bad movies.
0: Okay, it, is this, like, the new canon one? Are those, like, disregarded? Those
1: are disregarded. This is taking okay. place, like, a year or two after the events of the movie. Uh, written by Tim Seeley, Scott, uh, art by Scott Godlitsky, and cover art by Tony Harris.
0: Okay. Uh, I, I'm looking forward to this one.
1: Yeah. I, it's, I'm hoping, especially with Tim Seeley on it, it's just going to be a fun horror vampires with the Frog Brothers. With the Frog Brothers? Frog Brothers. Oh, I thought it was the Gecko Brothers. No, that's from... That's from um, Dawn.
0: Uh, yeah, Dawn. Oh. Wow,
1: sorry.
2: Is that why they're called the, dus- uh, the, the Gecko Brothers? They probably the named that the after the, frog, the frog, Brothers? frog Brothers. I would imagine. Is that why you also parted in your chair? Because you like to uh,
1: step <laughs> on a frog? Oh my gosh, I think I sharted... <laughs> So I gotta gross. have to double-check when we take a pause. I don't know what happened down there. It
2: was so gross. Oh, oh, uh,
1: yeah. L- think about where I'm sitting. Yeah.
0: Ugh. yeah damn it. <laughs>
2: Let's just take a pause now so you can
1: check yourself before thing horrible happened. I'm fine. Oh, okay. You're sitting in Paul's chair. <laughs> yeah. it's, it's just his so... metal chairs. It's fine. I didn't it's really pushing. shit myself. <laughs> Chris. Yes. What are you looking for? I forward thought you paused. To? No. Well, what am I going to go look? <laughs> you said you were fine. Well, of course I said that. Then we're pausing. <laughs> Chris, what are you
0: looking for? No, to? then we're going forward. I don't know what to do. <laughs> talk about your book, please. (laughs) I'm looking forward to the uh, newest Spider-Man crossover coming up from Marvel Comics, written by Dan Slott, and this is the clone conspiracy number one. Uh, This is what they've been teasing with Dead No More, where 90s villain the Jackal has returned, and it seems like he's been cloning a bunch of Peter Parker's friends, family, and villains, and who knows who's actually real and who's a clone now? Mm. Because people are back, maybe they've been in life and still clones i don't know it's a lot of craziness dealing with clones but i have to say i do really enjoy dan slot's crossovers i can't read the actual spider-man book anymore it just doesn't grab me there's nothing actually wrong with it but whenever these new crossover events come out they instantly catch my attention and they deliver they're so good um so i'm looking forward to this it's written by dan slot art by jim chung uh, we're also getting a Prowler series spitting off out of this, and I love me some Prowler for some reason, so yeah. <clears throat> uh,
1: I agree. I enjoy when Dan Slott does this, and I don't think I'd want to read a Clone Saga Part 2 if it wasn't written by Dan Slott. I mean, there's probably some other writers that I would be, okay, I'll pick that up, because that original Clone Saga was such a
2: debacle it just took forever to wrap up Uh,
1: but this one I would definitely be interested in picking up and I think you're right Chris like the day to day Spider-Man book might not be the best thing but when they do these events they're always really well done and I have to
0: say too they're always really accessible despite the fact that they're running through like 15 different Spider-Family books I'm perfectly fine with just picking up the ones that I want to because as long as you're reading that core miniseries you get the story like Characters might disappear to go off and do their own thing, and you can read in that, and like you know, Spider Woman or Spider Gwen, whatever. But it always does kind of feed back into that main storyline.
2: Uh, I'm surprised because uh, I never gave much thought to these massive crossovers. Like when Spider Island came out, I'm like, yeah, that seems
0: like too much work for me to try to figure all this stuff out. Like, see, I, I felt the same at that point, but it, it was really uh, the Spider Verse. Oh, uh, okay. That when I was reading that, I was like, "Okay, like I'm, I'm on board now. You got me."
2: You were just excited for the hostess fruit cup, Spider-Man
0: to show up again. <laughs> oh my god, that was so awesome! I, I was going to say there was another like Justice League tie-in comic book with something. Not the that Grant I wanted Sanders? to talk about. I don't remember where it was, but I saw it, and I have to track that down now so I can talk about that.
2: <laughs> well, I'm looking forward Paul. To, to a uh, part eight. Because uh, for no other reason than <laughs> it's called The Flash. And this is uh, from DC Universe Rebirth, number eight. And this is uh, written by Joshua Williamson and art by Carmen D. Miko. De- I shouldn't have enough the, the tried. The Jigglypuff.
1: That sounds like a name. <laughs> yeah,
2: that's that's definitely a name. And uh, this is Barry battling against a villain called Godspeed. And uh, Wally West is teaming up. Not Wally West the new Kid Flash that is Wally West that is isn't, but not the Wally West we're familiar with more of the Wally West out of like the television
0: series gotcha yeah. Yeah. this one's I don't black. gotcha yep yep All right, so yeah. how's the Flash been like decent because you've been keeping up on it or no
2: no no this is me jumping into it because I've oh, been okay.
0: enjoying uh,
2: because Netflix has the Flash season 2 on it now and I'm like you know what? I think I'm ready to read a Barry Allen comic book again. Because cool. when the Flash first started, I'm like, no. No. I'm Barry Allen, not my Flash. You know? And now I'm like, okay. It's it's basically going to be the television series Flash I feel from like now you
1: on. said this when issue 1 came out. Yeah, but issue 1 didn't
2: actually focus on Barry Allen at all. Didn't it? The zero issue
0: didn't, but the yeah. issue 1
2: did. Oh. Yeah. Well, it was, it
0: was, okay. yeah. yeah by the rebirth this of everything Well, that's yeah that's why I thought you were keeping up on it after no, the rebirth
2: Well, I'm going to try to see what's going on now pick this up at it's epic conclusion of the first story arc and see if it's something I would want to go back and read because you know 8 issues are out or if it's uh, something that I'll be like no I'm, I'm glad I, <clears throat> I'm not part of this it's a pass yeah, so we'll see the Flash,
0: the Flash, Godspeed, Godspeed, and Godspeed to us as we tuck into our next beer. Because what else do you guys have from Big Ditch?
1: Uh, we are having the Ex- Excavator. This is the Rye Brown Ale, uh, six point two ABV. Uh, this is a nice brown. Mm-hmm. Again, we I brought it out because I figured it needed to warm up a little bit. I've had this out of the can cold uh-huh. and it's a lot better than it is warmed up yeah i like i get a lot of the
2: that nuttiness that roastedness
1: <laughs> no rye
2: for yeah exactly for so it's a good brown but man when you said rye i'm like i took another sip i'm like i must be missing something
0: yeah okay, I, I did have this one when we went to big ditch or summer from big ditch
2: mm-hmm.
0: i don't remember um
2: there was a lot
1: of drinking that weekend.
0: There's a lot drinking that day. Yeah, we did go to Big Ditch. We did. Yeah, uh, I gave it 4.25.
1: Yeah, it's it's a really good brown. Um, again, like I brought it out and I thought, oh, I'll let this warm up a little bit because it's a brown. It probably should be drink a little warmer, and it lost some of its luster. But it also has been, you know, hour and a half just sitting there. Um, but yeah, it's it's a good beer. Um, probably won't replace like old brown dog is my go-to brown when i'm in the mood for a brown but brown it's, it's funny that's uh yeah um but it is a good brown that's local like you know i can i might not be able to find old brown dog out in um <clears throat> in different bars here but i definitely should be able to find
0: this when i'm out Chris, what are you drinking? Yes. Um, you my next a- one in the Mortal Kombat series from Sound Brewery is the Scorpion Imperial Stout. And this is an Imperial Stout brewed with chilies and vanilla bean.
1: I was going to say, this has got to have peppers in it, right?
0: Yeah. I kind of sworn off drinking beers with peppers added to it because usually it's just it's not good. And no slight to any of the breweries or brewers that do that. It's just... The peppers always tend to overpower everything else that's in there. Mm -hmm. I love me some Founders. Like, ride or die, I'm a Founders guy. But Mango Magnifico, I I can't do it. Like it's just too much of that pepper right up at the front. Like, and just, it kills my tongue to everything else that comes after it. Mm -hmm. Um, But according to Sound Brewery, they say this is a dangerously drinkable imperial stout. Fire and ice in a glass. The fiery southwest chilies with cooling Madagascar vanilla bean pair nicely with exotic notes produced by a magical yeast drink. Uh, And right off the bat, on the nose, this has a really nice chocolate to it. And then, like, as soon as you start to take that first sip, you kind of get just, like, that fire mouth. You can taste the chilies, but after you actually drink it, it just mellows out, and then you get the vanilla bean pop. And then you just kind of have like the smoky stoutness throughout. This is actually a really solid beer. Nice. Um, I'm, I'm kind of surprised at how much I like this. Um, I took my last sip a little while ago because I've been talking for a couple seconds now. Uh, I but I still kind of have that heat from the chili in my mouth, but it's not like an overpowering. Like I need to run out and grab like a glass of milk. Like it's just kind of like I'm aware that I had something with chili in it. It's. Uh, it's not as like powerful as like the dragon breath that Paul always likes to refer to. Yeah. But I I think this is like they they found the magic ratio for stout to chili to vanilla bean.
1: That's good cuz the, the the thing about those beers is like they might be hot in your mouth, but it's what it does to my stomach. It just turns my stomach into just a cauldron of boiling beer and acid. And uh, that's usually why I steer really clear of the hot pepper beers, but again, yeah, um, I would probably try this
0: because it's Mortal Kombat beer. It, it and that's the thing. Like, as soon as I went up to the uh, cashier with the three bottles, and I think I I bought something from Abita, like one of their IPAs too, just to have for like day drinking. The uh, the cashier was like, "Oh, another Mortal Kombat fan." I was like, <laughs> "You see him? How can you not buy him?" She's like, "Do you mind if I take a picture of him? I've been meeting to before they're gone." I was like, "Yeah, go for it." So, like, she arranged the bottles on the um, conveyor, the conveyor belt, and then like took her phone out and then took a picture. And she was like, "Sorry, thanks." I was like, "No, not a problem at all." I took a picture and sent it to my friends as soon as I saw him. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I have to say, while the Raiden Imperial. Saison um, was basically just a Saison. I didn't get anything special about it. This is a beer that, like, yeah, I I will finish my glass. I will finish the bomber. Nice. Good job. Good job, Sound Brewery. That was the Sound Brewery, not you, Paul. I, I don't want you to get your hopes up. And you're saying this is wrong.
1: Yeah, we just cracked open the Hayburner, which is the third beer from Big Ditch. Which I have bought. I bought it in a six pack. The day that it came out, and I've I drank that six pack over a week and a half, and it was delicious. Every time I pour a glass, I would say, "Gosh darn, this is a good beer," and it makes me. Ha- it made me proud to say, like, "Hey, this is an awesome IPA coming from my hometown," where what I poured in front of me, it's dishwater. It's Watery. I I don't know what soapy. I don't know what happened to this. It's uh, a American IPA. We should mention that,
2: and it's a seven point two APV, and uh, yeah, it's uh, bigditchbrewing.com dot uh, Go check it out for more details. Yeah, this is this is soapy and dishy, and even the color is a little off putting. It's a very well. It's a cloudy IPA, and that's that can be okay, but it's not bright. It's very
1: cloudy and. Yeah, it does not. As it's, soon as I took a sip, I said we should not talk about the spear And the thing uh, with canning, right? I was,
0: on, uh, I was on the call with John when that happened, and I just heard the disgust and disappointment.
1: Because uh, I give this four star I've given this four stars. I gave it yeah. in the cans four stars. I've given it when I've had it properly on tap four stars. Like it's probably it'd be up there is something that could knock like out of my top five IPAs, like it could knock something out and be put like in... Like Flower Power? It, it could. Wow. It's,
0: not this, though. Not this. Uh, I, I, th- I think I need to try it again, though, because I do have it at four stars when I look to see what I had put it at. So I definitely know I liked it, mm-hmm. but I don't know, man. Flower Power. That's my beer. Hayburner is, like, luscious
1: and juicy and hits you in a smooth-drinking IPA. And... I mean, this is far from it. This, this is, is not bad. This is you accidentally poured your beer into a glass of water, and then we're like, oh, shoot, what do I do? I take a sip? And then you're like, no, this isn't good. Yeah, keep um, on
2: taking a sip, trying to find what you're talking about. The big There's blush, nothing there. Where, There's yeah, nothing not there.
1: there. And uh, I don't know. I'm glad, like, these cans I didn't pay for. They were given to me by a brewery rep. Did he not have them refrigerated? No, he, he uh, had them in cooler But I don't, you know. I, I, who knows? Um, I don't know. It's 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 on the upsetting side because I was really looking forward to drinking these on the show and talking about how great Big Ditch is because I think Big Ditch is probably one of our better. It's probably our best brewery in the area. Wow. Uh, ooh. Hamburg
0: is so good, I though. I was about to say Hamburg.
1: Yeah, but Hamburg makes I
0: breweries mean, or beers for fifty-year-olds now. I I want to I want to get snobby and just be like I don't know I I'm always going to consider Founders my local brewery. Uh, uh, yeah, I lived, but I, I lived there for and a year. I, I just wanted to segue over because did you see they released their next backstage series beer? Yes, yes. the Liz
2: of uh, what
0: was a uh, lizard of cause, and I. I want this beer. And for those of you that aren't aware, um, the Backstage series is like their limited edition. Like They put this beer out and like, hey, good luck. Um, <laughs> Lizard of Kaz is an imperial stout that's brewed with blueberries, chocolate, vanilla, and then aged in bourbon barrels.
2: Uh, I'm sorry. I just launched my guided boner <laughs> missile straight at this <laughs> thing, man.
0: Yeah, I, I'm going to have to go to my beer store and be like, hey, I, I want this beer. Are you getting it? If not, what do I have to do for you to get it? Because I I will buy a case if I have to, because it just sounds fantastic.
1: Uh, Yeah, yeah. and uh, starting in 2017, they opened up their own barrel-aging facility. So you can expect, I think it's like every other or every two months, a new (laughs) barrel-aged beer from them, and the dragon's uh, milk
2: is out from New Holland, and like we should just and beer
0: Well, when you guys came to Michigan to visit, like they were building that new like um yeah. like yeah. barrel area, like that's what they purchased like the rest of that city block for. We should just go. But the uh, big big the big
1: hubbub is that we're going to be able to get CBS again and and bottles. Ooh. Oh, and gosh. bottles.
0: So, That'll be good.
1: And what is CBS, CBS again? is really good too. It's the Canadian breakfast stout,
0: so it's Canadian. That's the one that's yeah, it's brewed with the maple.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: It's a
2: sweeter. It's it's actually really I like that fresh better than KBS.
0: Fresh. Yeah. I, I agree. I think KBS you need to sit on for a year. I mean, nothing against it because it's still a great beer when you drink it. But mm-hmm. CBS fresh is it's wonderful.
1: Eight months old now, KBS. Ooh, I got some. I got three bottles
2: down there. I think a bottle from 2013. <laughs> 13. 13? Man, what is wrong with me? I don't
1: know. You, and you're the one
2: that... i look drink it now. Long. I don't. But you know Paul, what? I, what I,
0: will, I would say just go drink that one now because any later and it's, I know, it but loses everything that it I also don't had. like drinking them without you guys. I miss you no, guys. No, don't, don't feel bad because when they had the uh, KBS yeah. tapping event... He
1: drank it on, the on tap at the brewery. Don't yeah. screw him.
0: Well, no,
2: because they had like we could go. We live close. They had now, like and three
0: does. years worth of KBS though, and I realized like the recent one's good, old one's better. As soon as you go to like the older one, it starts to just like fade. Mm. Yeah, like two years, I think, is basically the uh, max cut off the up. shelf life for that one.
2: I finally remembered what I wanted to ask you, Chris, uh, because I talked about uh, being super excited about this. Uh, Lizard of, of Cocks. <laughs> Cos. <laughs> Cos. Cos. Lizard Lizard of Cocks. <laughs> uh, how's, how's your penis been doing ever since that Emma Watson uh,
0: trailer came out as Belle? Oh my gosh, she's perfect.
2: Kate and I, Kate and I were going to ask you how it is to have a month-long erection. <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh like, my god. How's it,
2: um, how's it going? Are you okay? You getting enough blood flow to the head?
0: I'm, I'm really conflicted because I love Hermione, but I also love Belle. Mm-hmm. So this is just too good to be true. Yeah, But then I came I, I, because the Diamond
2: a- Anniversary came out, and if you, if listeners listened to our last episode, not the not episode, uh, I got a little drunk, and I was on Amazon. And I bought Aladdin on DVD and Beauty and the Beast on DVD and some other stuff off of Amazon. Uh, BegnaBoard.com slash Amazon. By the way, so Kate and I watched uh, Beauty and Beast just a couple days ago, and Belle's really mean to everybody. Like, as she's sitting there, like, walking through town, being like, Yeah, I want a life better than yours. Definitely better than yours. I want something more than what you got going on. She hates that town. She does. (laughs) No, she hates that town, but then everyone in that town hates her, so. Well, they just don't understand her. They don't hate her. They're like, oh yeah, she's beautiful. She's definitely beautiful, but she's oh, a little crazy. Yeah.
0: Her redeeming quality is, yeah, she's good looking, but she's always reading. Yeah, it's so weird. I know. I um I picked up the the Diamond Collection Beauty and the Beast. I haven't watched it yet. It's still sitting on my counter.
2: Thank you.
0: But yeah, I don't know. am I'm, I'm excited for Beauty and the Beast. Um, joking aside, I. After uh, Jungle Book, I have to say, the Disney live-action stuff is getting a lot better. I wasn't a big fan of Maleficent. Mm-hmm. Um, Cinderella was okay. I, I didn't really care for Alice in Wonderland. I never saw the sequel through the looking glass. I'm looking forward to Jon Favreau doing Lion King because, hell yeah.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, and it was actually just announced from Disney. We didn't talk about this. But uh, Guy Ritchie's going to be doing the live-action Aladdin. Really? Yeah, that's <laughs> a Guy heist Ritch- movie I want to see.
2: Because <laughs> Guy Ritchie, he's two sock uh, and two scoggy yeah. So he'll have that frantic action.
0: Yeah, I, I as soon as I read that, I was like, are they turning this into a heist movie? Because, thank you. That would be great. We just oh, watched then, Aladdin
2: again, too. It would be good. And then again, man, Aladdin, the ending there. I was like, why doesn't Aladdin just hand the lamp to Jasmine? And then she could get three wishes going, and then back to Aladdin, and then he can wish the genie free. Like they have a whole group there that could wish that Aladdin is a prince again, and then set the genie free. Like, w- w- what stopped that from happening? I don't understand. Like, why doesn't Jasmine get any wishes?
0: Why don't Why don't they just wish for more magic lamps? I don't know.
2: That's true. well, because somebody would have to be a genie for the magic lamp.
0: Well, we already know Jafar's a genie at that point. Mm-hmm. He's still beholden to the rules of being a genie. Like, he has to grant the wishes. That's
1: true. In fact, uh, Favreau is also in talks to directing a live-action Lion King. Well, yeah. Chris I said, said that. that. Did you say that? Yeah. You yeah. said it right before
2: the guy, Richie, doing Aladdin. You know, oh, I was the getting rumor.
1: another beer. Oh, oh okay, oh, okay. I must sorry. I just
0: missed it. I'm sorry. I was going to give you shit, but I'm glad I didn't now. Thank you. You're I, welcome.
2: I gave him enough shit. For no reason, for the both of us, Chris. I know. Um, Paul, did you see the Jungle Book? No, not yet.
0: Okay. I've it's, seen it twice. It's profoundly good. I've.
2: Uh, it is really good. I finally saw Ghostbusters. I still not. You yeah. still have? Do you want to tell the listeners your thoughts on it? Yeah, uh, uh, I saw it at the cheap seats. It's coming out on DVD like any day now, right? Uh, I and. It's a little goofy, a little too goofy for for my Ghostbusters. Like everybody's a little too just uh It's a little too oddball Not I wanted them to be serious serious scientists because Did you did you like the movie though? It was good. Yeah, it was fun. Uh this was the first time Kate said that as she was watching a movie that she actually really enjoyed an action
0: sequence. Like Oh, was it the one at the end? Kind of, like, yeah. in the last third.
2: When a Howitz, like, takes out the two pistol-y ones. Yeah. like, and like licks so one, and she just starts like, whipping, yeah. whipping the ghosts around, like, all crazy-like. And Kate's like, maybe it's because I actually, like, as a kid, really liked Ghostbusters, so I had the backpack, and I would go around and, like, shoot things. And I So when she saw, like, Howitz, like, doing that stuff, she's like, yeah, that's how I would want to be. I would want to be zapping, zapping, whipping. And I'm like... Yeah, that's exactly how every action sequence in every uh, superhero movie that I enjoy. <laughs> that's exactly what I'm sitting there thinking about. Like, how cool it would be to be doing all that stuff.
0: She's um, like,
2: oh, I kind of get that now.
0: <laughs> like, not to right. completely derail, but I saw Ghostbusters with my friend Tyler when I was up in Buffalo for John's wedding. And I like the movie, but I I wish they had kind of pushed it a little bit more and gone for that hard PG-13 or... Like in R, because with that cast, I think the humor could have been amped up a little bit. Because everything was just like played so safe, and you kind of used the word uh, was it goofy before? Yeah, yeah.
2: they're goofy. They're being they're, goofy. They're goofy.
0: And I, I don't need it to be vulgar, mm-hmm. but like they can go a little bit more like darker with that humor, and I think it would still fit perfectly. I, I did like the movie. Um, I don't think it deserved all the hate that it got. I mean, clearly, people did respond to it because it performed pretty well. Yeah, the- um, I, I think my favorite character, though, was just the uh, Chinese food guy.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah, but... Uh, that was I, so- I
0: don't like uh, Melissa McCarthy, but I liked her, like, whole... Uh, the rock that she chained herself to with just looking for that wonton. <laughs> okay,
2: yeah. Uh, that's actually when Melissa McCarthy's being at her best is when she's, like, outraged about something. And it seemed like that whole interaction was just kind of, like, there for her to earn that bit. Yeah. And it seemed, you know, a lot of times, Kid and I, uh, also, you know, had this nitpicky criticism, because that's who I am, um, that the cameos were really kind of seemed forced in there. Like, they're like, ah, oh, let's... And then they would last well, a little too a long. long. There's a lot of
0: cameos. Like so, I think Sigourney, like, which Weaver, ones do you do you mean?
2: I think right? Sigourney Weaver's cameo was perfect because it was at the end of the movie during the credit, basically during so, the credit sequence. Yeah. Uh, Winston's cameo, Ernie Hudson's cameo, mm-hmm. you know, real quick at the very end, everybody saw it coming. Like when she says her uncle. Owns you know the the limousine or uh, the the uh, Hertz place, the yeah. uh, Undertaker. You're like, oh, that's going to be en- Her- Ernie Hudson. But man, the Bill Murray and also and also, well, really, I had a problem with the Dan Aykroyd one because that scene, like, it was right in the middle of like ev- everything came together. It's the middle of the action scene, and it's like, oh, it's the really long cameo. It reminded me of uh, Slimer showing up in Ghostbusters too. Like the, See, it I didn't, was exactly I didn't like, mind
0: the Aykroyd one, because it did kind of just, like, it popped up so quick, and then he, like, he makes all those references, and then he's, like, out, I felt.
2: Yeah, well, he makes all those references, and you're sitting there, like, waiting for the rest of the movie to start, like, it's... And I felt like it was, like, ah, just ham-fisted in there, and it's like, okay, well, didn't we really need all these cameos? I guess we kind of... Because it's not... It's what people wanted. But not really, Those because stuff. it's not them as the Ghostbuster characters. You know what I mean? So it's like, it's not a remake. I, I feel like at that thing thing. point,
0: it's no longer a cameo, and then it's an appearance by... Yeah. But yes. what really got me about it, because what I was asking about with your thoughts on the cameos, mm-hmm. was like, there were so many people, it's like, oh, hey, it's that guy from that thing that I like liked him in. And because when I was talking to someone, I was like, "Oh yeah, like when Gabe from The Office shows up at the beginning, and I I didn't know his name. Like I don't know like what else he's done, like but it's it's him. And it's like, oh, it's the guy that's the announcer for Jimmy Fallon. He's there flicking people off. Yeah, that
2: was a little that again. That whole scene was just goofy. It wasn't funny. It was just kind of off putting. Like the humor that they tried to get in there didn't Didn't really land. land exactly." And did Peter McNichol
1: show up?
0: No. No. He did God. not any Andy does though. Yep. And she's still perfect.
1: She's good. <laughs> i
0: something about her. Like I like her. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Uh so there we you go. Know, I, I I liked it. I if they do Ghostbusters 2, mm-hmm. I will go see that one as well. I um, it up. I hope they they push that rating a little bit to try to like squeak out a little bit more uh a little bit more of the darkness because why not go for it you know and i do think it is funny how basically the villain of the movie is so representative of people's thoughts on the movie
1: mm-hmm.
0: that it was like wow! Well, if only people had known everything they were saying was literally going to be manifested okay. in the movie
2: how did he think about the go-
0: oh. We really should get to the comic. I, I know. I did. I don't want to turn this into like a Ghostbusters discussion, but I haven't been able to talk about this movie with anybody else because nobody else I know has seen it. But the thing with the ghosts too, like some were like,
2: like, come on, the parade float ghosts. Like I'm like they they weren't ever alive. How could they be ghosts?
0: I kind of looked at that like I did with the ghosts from the real Ghostbusters cartoon, mm. where they're just like so crazy and over the top that you're like, okay, I guess. That's what ghosts are now.
2: Yeah, Kate and I. While you still
0: have like those kind of like more realistic manifestations, and then you have Slimer. Like Mm
2: -hmm.
0: those are kind of like that gray area in between, I guess. Yeah,
2: and they were very gray. Uh, Yes. All right, but now, talk. We turn the page to a dramatic reading presented by the Bagnum Broadcast from Gotham Academy, second semester, number one page 2 panel 1
0: the soup how is it oh it's great it's great <sighs> okay
2: and that was a dramatic reading from Gotham Academy second semester issue 1 page 2
0: panel it 1 two. <laughs> i forgot what it sucks cuz i didn't read that book so i i don't know the context in it there is no context. It, was, okay. it is literally like. I mean, I know it's like panel one on page two, but like, I, I didn't know what what's the uh, lead up to it was. Uh, it's actually I mean, a lot could have happened on page one, Paul. Actually, uh, uh, that is a cold soup opening. <laughs> I can't save that.
2: No. <laughs> There's no asking. You don't need to save it. All we need to do is get into our main topic. Finally, okay.
0: Way. I don't know how to provide resuscitation to that. How about
2: <laughs> <laughs> we're gonna, you know, we're just gonna, you know, live happily ever after, much like
0: the fables do, right, Chris? There we go. We're a comic book podcast. Every month, we talk about some of the new number ones that came out, or maybe even some of our favorite number ones that came out from the past month in our monthly look back. And this is our look back for September 2016. And we're going to start this off with one of my all-time favorite comic books, Fables. It ended like two years ago now, uh, but it's still going to be ever-present in Vertigo as one of their longest-running series. And we have one of our first post-Fables ending spin-offs with Ever After from the pages of Fables number one. And this is the story of Little Bo Peep, Peter Piper, Hansel from Hansel and Gretel fame. And Connor Wolf, who is the son of the Big Bad Wolf and Snow White, all as operatives of these shadow players, a secret order of fables that are outside in the mundane world, which is our world, policing it against new fables that are popping up because they sprung to life from the stories and folklore and myths that we tell each other. And now we have news stories that we're telling. And this is evident in our first issue with they're fighting back a zombie outbreak. Um, and that, that's basically all this book is. I mm-hmm. don't have a lot else to say. Uh, this was written by Dave Justice and Matt Sturgis. Matt Sturgis has had his feet in the Fables universe for a while now, writing uh, Jack of Fables with Bill Willingham, and then also writing the... Big B series that came out, A Wolf Among Us, which was based off of the Telltale Games um, episodic game that came out maybe three years ago now. Um, So he's no stranger to this world, but then with art by Travis Moore. So yeah, um, I'm, I'm the Fables fan, so I think I have different expectations and standards I would hold this book to going in. So I'm kind of more interested in what you guys had to say about it, and that's why I kept it on the list of books to talk about. It seems
2: like it, it starts off much like how Fable started off as like, oh, it's going to be a detective book series, you know, it's a who done it of you know who 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 has killed. Uh, who were they looking for?
0: Roses killer. Rose, yeah, Rose Red. Rose Red's killer.
2: And Jack is there. The, the jack of all the jacks that there are ever
0: enough fables he's the jack be the jack and the beanstalk mm-hmm. uh,
2: the roguish jack character and it's up to big speed to hunt down the killer and he figures out that it wasn't really a killer at all but anyways much like how it, this is uh, kind of like the secret agents of the fable world
0: this is out, the agents of fables
2: yeah going out and closing these rifts. I guess I, I don't know where these monsters are coming out of that are bleeding out from the Fabril's world into our world but it seems also like it's that uh, what what's what's the snake that eats it eats itself ouroboros ouroboros because it's now that the now that people write about the we we in our world inspired the stories being told here in this world And now that we've been, those stories have been told. In this world, they feed upon our world,
1: and it just keeps on looping back. And now they're zombies. I don't know why. Well, there there's something they're being told either in comic books or in movies or in talking. And I think it's kind of interesting that it's up to those original characters to be kind of the police of keeping these things from overpowering the world. They're not. Mm-hmm. they're not things that have a conscience or a being or lived in the fable world. They're something that's bleeding through. Uh, I found this book actually pretty interesting. I felt a little like, um, cause I never finished reading fables. I maybe got maybe just under halfway through the series. Um, and I'd always enjoy when Chris would talk about what was going on in the series. Yep. Uh, but this is something that I definitely enjoyed this book. It's not, it's not the book I liked the least out of everything we read this month. Um, this is actually probably right in the middle because I don't have so much of a frame of reference or a care for these characters anymore
0: or mm-hmm. who or what they've been doing. Um, I, and I, just to speak to that point, that's okay. Um, because these characters never really fully appeared in the Fables book itself. Um, Little Bo Peep basically appeared in the background of a couple issues when one of her sheep was killed uh, when they were living on the farm. Uh, he was pissed. Peter, Peter Piper appeared in the Fables novel um, Peter and Max, which was the story of the Pied Piper of Hamelin. Uh, Hansel appeared in one story arc in Fables where he was a witch hunter. And he's basically the one that Came from uh, the fables universe to the real world, and it was him that spread the witch hunts, oh. uh, which was actually like like a really good arc. But that's why he's kind of like puritanical in like appearance. Um, and then Connor Wolf is just one of um, Bigby and Snow's children that has some of the same powers as Bigby, like where he can shape shift. He has control of the winds. Um, and he's just he's basically at this point a rowdy teenager and his parents are kind of like uh, we we need to focus his attention because he's just being a monster mm. uh, so, so they so kind, kind of enroll him in this character. like shadow agency that's basically like Fable Super Spies mm-hmm.
1: uh, I think if this came to us as a trade and policy and we yeah. could read the whole thing we probably had to have a bigger and better kind of take on it uh i liked it i would definitely if it's something you're going to keep reading chris i'll probably read two three four five six however many are made Mm -hmm. um i do like it i think it's a really interesting concept and it's it seems like it's got some fun but also some gravitas with like the ending of the book
0: yeah Paul, yeah. uh, you know, it probably, just, you're probably like the least fables fan of the three of us. I read uh, the first like three trades, okay, uh,
2: but this is one of those things where it's just, yeah, it it comes. It's it, the problem I became with fables. I'm like, oh, it's using these fable characters to tell X story, and I'm not getting the best X genre story I could. Because they're just trying to hamfist these fable characters into it. And I kind of feel more the same as in here. It's, oh, it's a spy thriller, but it's little Bo Peep, and it's kind of, you know, these characters that I should know, but I don't know. So <laughs> it's like, so it kind of, I, I have that, like, separation from it because of that. Because I'm coming with my expectations, and it's showing, it's trying to be witty and clever. Giving me something different for these characters, and I'm like, I, I'm just not so. I'm I just for whatever reason that doesn't hook me, and I don't have that relationship with them. So I and I that's okay.
0: I I think it. that's fair because that's pretty much how fables did start off, where it was telling those genre stories, where it was the murder mystery, it was the political thriller, it was the heist story.
2: Yeah.
0: Um. But then after those initial like story arcs and trades. They did kind of let those characters stand on their own and then start telling more stories. Then not just deepen who you you knew those characters to be and what they were doing, but they just kind of branched off on their own. Mm -hmm. Um, So I I don't want to say like, oh, no, you're wrong. But like, no, because that's up to where you read. That's exactly what Fables was. And it was using the stories, you know, to... Bring you those characters that you know just in a different way before they kind of did their own thing. Yeah,
2: um, that's the thing. I got to the third trade and they still weren't doing their own thing, and I'm like, yeah, I think I'm done now. You know, uh,
0: I'm just got there. I'm it. looking at my fables shelf now because yes, I do have an entire shelf of fables <laughs> books. Um, yeah, number four is kind of the heist story, and then number five, um, that's kind of where the book really takes off on its own because Snow and Bigby are together and. things things that are forever changed. Um, But To get back to Ever After from the pages of Fables, number one, and I keep saying that because that's how it's printed on the the cover, so I'm assuming that's the actual title for this book. Um, It took me three times of reading this issue. Once when it came out, once like a week later, and then again today to actually formulate a full opinion on it. Because when I first read it, I didn't care for it at all. Then my second reading of it was just to re-familiarize myself with it because we were supposed to be talking about it two weeks ago. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the third reading was again just today before we recorded just to like pick up on things. And I want to say I didn't really fully like it or appreciate it until this last reading. Um, it's not my favorite fable story. It's not my favorite fable spinoff it has its faults. I think I will buy the rest of this first arc just to kind of get that full feel of it to decide if this is something that I want to pick up in trade to have on my fable shelf because I have all the fables hardcovers. I have all the fables. I have half of Jack of Fables. I have all the Cinderella books. I I basically guess I'm talking myself into just buying in trade at this point because... (laughs) I'm a completionist, but I don't know if this is something that I necessarily need to rush out and buy it as they come out to have it, or if it's just one of those things where I, like, oh, you know what? I could use something to read. It's like comic book week. Let me go to the comic book store and see what they have and pick up the trades, like I did with um, Jack. So it's not great. I don't think it's the best window into the Fables universe. If you're a Fables fan, I think you will. Glean a little bit more from this um, because it does pick up on those like bit characters that you saw before but ultimately I think it is a good first issue because it is pretty ex- uh, accessible they lay everything out right there at the beginning um, but if you're going in fresh I, I don't think this book is going to sell you on what Fables was uh, I would agree I would definitely agree to that Uh, so uh next book we have on the list would be batman beyond rebirth number one and this is coming out from dc comics and this was written by dan jurgens who you may know from basically pretty much anything that's superman related from the 90s uh with art by ryan sook and this is the reintroduction of terry mcginnis as batman beyond in the future um I didn't read the Batman Beyond series. I wanted to because I heard Tim Drake was Batman because Terry died. But I never actually got around to picking it up because it was one of those price points where the trade was always just too much than I Mm. felt comfortable with paying. Um, But hey, you know what? It's the look back. There's a Batman Beyond book. I loved Batman Beyond. It was one of my favorite uh, callbacks when we did our favorite Justice League episodes Mm -hmm. Uh, with epilogue. Why not talk about Rebirth number one? And I think that probably had the biggest
1: problem with me reading this, is I just watched that cartoon. Yeah, epilogue. <laughs> that I was like, <laughs> alright. Um, I can say the art is good in the book. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't like the new
0: Batman look in this. It's it's the eyes. It
1: is the eyes. They're
0: too big. I, I love Ryan's artwork. Um, and I know we didn't talk about the art forever after. I think that's, like, the one stumbling block that we kind of always hit. Like, we talk about the book itself with meandering off about the art.
2: Well, the but, thing is, th- the art didn't do anything for me. Like, so yeah. I wasn't going to... Like, there was nothing horrible about it, but there was also nothing extraordinary about it. And also, they're fighting a bunch of zombies, which were all just kind of
1: lumped. They weren't, of and life. they weren't even, like... Yeah. They,
2: they first, weren't individual. first page
1: yeah. was they were fighting
0: zombies, and then they weren't. They were... Demon, something I don't know. But no, I, I, lo- I love Ryan Sook. His artwork's fantastic, and the only thing that just distracts me is every panel that Batman is on. I'm just like the eyes. They just they look awkward on that costume, and it's not just because they're different. Well,
1: they're lo- um, they look like they're trying to be like bat wings.
0: Yeah, it's just like they're so elongated. And even if you look at the cover for this book, it's just your typical Batman. Like littlest white eyes, but when you like start reading the book, they're elongated and they're like super pointy up at the top and at the end, and they're all red. Mm-hmm. It's even the bat symbol on it, without all red, is a little too large. It does seem too large for the chest too. Yeah. See, I, I, I didn't even catch that, but it's probably because I was always looking at, at his eyes. Ice. But the rest the rest of the artwork, like it, it's Ryan Sook, so it's all like super clean and fantastic. Um, the best, the complete, best part... Complete of sidebar, the... if I had to pick someone to draw a, like, comic book adaptation of Blade Runner, I, I would want it to be Ryan Sook after looking at this book.
1: Yeah. Uh, I think the best-looking art in this is the flashback stuff when he meets Bruce for the first time. Because, like, all the panels, like, the panels, the layouts work so much better than the other stuff. Mm-hmm. But
0: I have to, I'm trying to find that right now
1: because like it the the panels are on top of each other with no white background showing they're laid out on top of each other the colorings a little different and the art feels a little different but then you go like right to the page where it's back into the mm-hmm. current or the future it. It's like got the white borders on it. It's it's still good. It's I still like it, but it doesn't have that same feel as those flashback pages. And I think the flashback pages look the best.
0: I, I when I look at the flashback pages, I'm really reminded of Tim Sale's work on stuff like the Long Halloween and Dark Victory. Okay, like it all kind of has that like washed out coloring to it. Yeah. And I don't mean wash out in any kind of negative way, but everything's like it's very muted. muted. It's
2: muted because with long Halloween and those they were I trying mean, to go back to those
0: old it's it supposed to feel like you were reading an old bat. Yeah, it's book. like it's pulpy. That and when you look at that panel of um Terry looking at the bat stuck in the clock on page number 9, that's straight up Tim Sale. Like it's just like very stark blacks around the eyes. Um, and I, I can see like, there's definitely a difference, but it's also, maybe it's all in the coloring. I think, I think so. It's in the coloring and definitely in the paneling
1: because there's no, there's no white. You look at all the other yeah. pages, every, almost every single one has got the white border, the panels, white, white between panels. I mean, the book, the art in those panels look good. It's just I like the art and the flashback so much better.
0: No, I, I, I would agree with you, and it's nothing against the rest of the art in the book. Because I, I made my nitpickiness known, but yeah, I, the stuff that's taking place in the like, quote unquote past, even though it's the future of the DC universe, <laughs> it, there's a lot more color to it. Like there's a lot more richness, even though it is more. Um, I don't want to say watercolor, but th- th- everything is kind of like dialed down. Um,
1: so Terry McGinnis died in the Future's End storyline, which was a big. It was another half-year-long um, ongoing series. He ended up dying in that. Tim Drake took over, and now we have Terry coming back as. What happened to Tim Drake? He did?
0: I don't know. It doesn't
1: say, did he let you and. Die?
0: That, that, that's the whole reason why I wanted to pick up Batman Beyond is because Tim Drake was in it as Batman Beyond.
1: And um, I I would have liked to have seen Tim take over for the Bruce character then. Yeah. Mentoring Terry.
2: Um, but Terry's old here.
1: I, I'd say he's, he's older.
2: He's, I, oh, I don't he's a young he's,
0: professional.
2: He's not the yeah. high schooler. He's definitely not a college age.
0: He's I, he's I would out. say he's... I mean, looking at him, his, his younger brother still seems young enough that he might be, like, late teens. So I'd probably put Terry at maybe, like, late 20s, like yeah. Yeah, 30 max.
1: See, I thought I saw him more in the mid-20s. I think 24, 25. Post-college.
2: Post yeah. Because uh, his
1: girlfriend, oh my goodness, not
2: Max. Uh,
0: not, Dana?
2: Dana. Dana's a uh, There is no social. Dana. Only Zool. <laughs> so much school references, uh, so, but now I want to talk about Ghostbusters <laughs> some more. But was, she's a social worker, so she had to have some college uh, college education, unless you know the future college is different whole public school districts are totally different. Who knows? So,
0: yeah, it's um th- this is basically Terry. Back on the beat, where he's going around helping Commissioner Gordon—in this case, it's Barbara—clean uh, up the streets because the Joker gang is starting to claim more and more of Neo Gotham.
2: Yeah, they got Jokertown. Is um, that what they call it, Jokertown, or is yep. they call it something else?
0: Yeah, I think it's like Joker's Town, or, but it's with yeah, a, Z, it's with a you know, Z the future. Um, the nineties future I, was weird, yo. <laughs> <laughs> I. I do have to say, I really liked reading this because it did read just like an episode of Batman Beyond. Not like one of the best episodes. Like, I wouldn't put it on my Justice League like retrospective, like, hey, this is what Batman Beyond should be. But I set foot into this and I felt like I was reading Batman Beyond. Like, nothing seemed out of place. The story beats were there. I, I got you know a little bit of cherry i got him interacting with the extended bat family i got to see dana and his other friend i can't remember her name now i feel bad um but then it does harken back to the more current batman with what we're gonna have as kind of our overarching theme for the book or for this first arc with You know, spoilers for everything we always talk about. Uh, Someone trying to bring the original Joker back from the dead.
2: Well, he's... He's... Not... Does he talk there at all, the Joker? Or is
0: it... He just hooked up.
1: But he says, like... uh, He's the man who's in charge... The real man in charge is him. I'm trying to bring him back from the dead. But Hmm. at first it makes you think, like, he's giving orders.
0: But then it's like, no, he's
1: not. I... That, that I
0: couldn't I, understand I, see, for, for that I read it more as like they always look up to the Joker and they're kind of acting in his set like you know WWJD what would Joker do so he might not be physically giving the orders but people are still acting on what they think would be his like, course of action
1: uh, I give the book a thumbs up I probably wouldn't buy the second issue, but I would read it if someone else got it. Probably, if I heard good things, pick up the trade.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, I I give this a thumbs up as well. I, I will probably be picking up number two. Um, I, I think I'm on board for at least the first arc of this. I don't know if this is an ongoing or if it's just like a mini or maxi series. I don't know, but... Yeah, like it's it captured enough of my attention that I I want to see this story play out at least. Yeah,
2: yeah, yeah well, This was probably my favorite of the books that we read. Really? Yeah, believe it or not, but I'm not excited. But unfortunately, I think this was a uh, like one of those down months for me. Like I, all these books, I didn't really care for. So, uh, but this would be I, my number one. I don't know if anyone's looked at
0: the uh, the list for. Like episodes for like the upcoming I see. Yeah, shows. you got Enchanted yeah, Sneaky Room. October or... October's Look Back, I think I already have like six books listed for it. You I, I bought five. a lot of books so far this month.
1: You got five. <laughs> I think you're you're leading the crusade there, Chris. Go after it. Uh, I think uh, I picked up um the Hawkman, Brand Thanagar War Part Two book. Oh, it's not that good. good. Uh, I, was I really like it. I thought it, or, I, that's why I picked it up. Yeah. It was 4.99. 99 I picked it up cuz I was like, you know what? I love that miniseries. That was a good miniseries. Doctor St- or uh, Dr. Strange, uh Captain. Captain Strange? Adam Strange? Adam, Adam Strange. Strange. He's a captain. Uh oh. him and Hawkman back together. We haven't seen Hawkman. This is supposed to be the death of Hawkman.
2: I was excited for Justice League Unlimited, you know, the Comic book written by Jeff Lemire because it had Adam Strange in it, wasn't
1: that good either. No,
2: uh-huh.
1: and uh, I also picked up the um, that was because of new DCU though. Yeah, it was new CD new 52 I
0: picked up um, the Dead Man book. I didn't read it yet. It was
1: uh,
0: so I'm going to pose a question to you guys: What do you want to talk about next? Beer or Teen Titans Rebirth number one?
2: Well, uh, let me tell you about this. Uh, so Kate and I are watching The Flash on Netflix. And she's definitely seeing me nerd out a lot more in this <laughs> ep- uh, This. this and <laughs> uh. she's like, Why did I marry Paul? Exactly. Because they're like, When they had uh, 52, they're like, Oh, 52 portals opened up. And I'm like, Ah, 52 <laughs> portals. And case like, What? And I'm like,
1: Pause. And I push up my glasses like a giant nerd and I explain it. I There's always times where we're watching something and I pause it and I look at my wife and I go, so here's the story. And am okay, going fill her in uh, on something, and yeah. then we go back to watching it. I'm like Jake yep, Eric. Yep. She's like, "Why is that cool?" And I'm like, eh, "Because it's from the GSA, and I love the GSA."
0: At work, my locker number is 52, and I haven't been able to express just how awesome that is to anybody there because nobody else reads comics.
2: It's, you just do this
1: dance in front of it. You're like that. Mm, Every time I walk up, I look at it. I'm just like, eh, one, he can't see that dance that you're doing, and two. I'm going to pass on that dance, Paul. Nobody should see anybody do that dance. It was slightly sexual, and there was a lot of fisting going on. (laughs) Maybe?
0: I don't know.
2: I I can't see myself when I dance, unless it's in front of a mirror.
0: That's Uh, true for all of us, (laughs)
2: Paul. But I dance a lot more when I have beer in
1: me. And, uh, Paul and I. I need to get my beer! That was the perfect (laughs) pausing point. And uh, Paul, are, Paul and I are drinking something we've had uh, twice before. This is XPA from the Woodcock Brothers. This is 8.0. Uh, this version has... So uh, X stands for
2: Experimental Yes, pale Experimental Pale Ale. I like to get things described
1: on tape. On the tape. For the show. Put it in the box. This is danky. It is very danky. This. Hey, Paul used it correctly. Hmm. This is uh what I learned. They kinda said they were going for with this version. Mm-hmm.
2: Um, you know how I learned? Because we got it on tape on the show.
1: <laughs> we got it on the tape. And then I listened to that episode and I learned me something. Um uh, but this one um the hops they are using Wasn't and, it mosaic? Um I do not
2: remember. I'm trying to find it here. Because usually I'll lick mosaic. Mosaic doesn't doesn't uh, scream danky, but no, they, they no, were like
0: thick, yeah right? mosaics a little bit more like subtle mm-hmm.
2: and it doesn't say
0: it
1: doesn't I say valuable. on this one but uh, it's mosaic equinox and an experimental hop HBC 462 oh the 462 so this is super danky and um, as we took sips out of our glasses there was still some in the can and I had Paul try it from the can too a lot cleaner yeah um, which you're probably not getting the dank smell when you're from mm. the from the glass versus drinking it out of the can. And
2: also, you know, it's not getting aerated at all when you're drinking it straight from the can. Uh,
1: it is very good. Probably, I think I liked 6, 7, and now 8. Like, that's how I like them. I really liked 6. Oh, wow. Um, I'm liking 8. I like 7 quite a bit. I liked 7, too, but I like the fruitiness that was 6 when we had it. Again, like when it was cold, and okay. it was really good. Uh, seven was really good. Mm-hmm. This is probably... Um, this is my favorite of the Danks. Of the Danks? Yeah, I like, I like
2: this better than Redankulous.
1: Oh, yeah.
0: I like Redankulous. Redankulous is
1: like ruby red grapefruit juice. Yeah. I like this better than that,
2: because it's more of the pine versus the grapefruity.
1: Yeah.
2: And I, I it just... So a, the dank works more here with a pine because it's more earthy. Because pine's more earthy, more you know, versus grapefruity, which seems should be brighter. So
1: when yeah. you get that dankness like to it, lemon lime, mm-hmm. grape like not a not grapefruit like a green pepper kind of on the nose, like it's got mm-hmm. a lot of it's got it's a complex nose and the it's beer complex it's flavor too. yeah. And
2: that's why I'm. Putting this above Radanculus and what was some of the other dank we've had two or three other wet hop dank beers. Yeah. No. I'm enjoying it more. Uh this is what percent? Six point four. Six point four. All right. Uh tall boy cans. Um I just bought some uh tall boy cans for the Sabres game on Thursday. Oh yeah? What La Back Blue Light and uh, Oktoberfest from Roboc. Oh yeah.
1: Keep the Robot Cold.
2: Oh, I must
0: that's I haven't had right anything now. from Rohrbach in a while. Are they still pretty <laughs> decent?
1: Yeah. Uh, the Rohrbach um, was good. Uh, most Rohrbach, since they went to the cans, even mm-hmm. when they were in the growlers, were made to be kept oh, cold. Well, I'm only spoiling it for myself. Okay. Uh, <laughs> no,
0: so it was a good beer. Chris, uh, I'm dying to hear what the Sub-Zero beer tastes like. Uh, yeah, because the next one I have is Sub-Zero Imperial IPA. And they refer to this as refreshingly cooling on a warm day, yet also warming in cool weather. An in Imperial India Pale Ale that's not all about the hops or all about the malt, but a whole lot of both, fighting it out for supremacy. Drink icy for more hops, warmer for more malt. So it's um, a black IPA? IPA.
2: But is it uh, a black
1: IPA? No. Is no, it's, it's just like, it's just let like it a standard IPA.
0: Awesome. This is the beer that actually made me be like, okay, you know what, I'm gonna I'm gonna put these in the fridge and start to cool them because I wanted a little bit more of the hop on it than I did the malt. Yeah. Um I I wasn't expecting this to be the a kind of hops that I don't really like. Ooh. Um and I while you guys were talking about your beer, not that I wasn't listening to you, because I was I was trying to find out what hops they used for this beer, just to be like, yeah, I, I don't like this one. This is one I can stay away from, and I I couldn't find it. Um, oh, I'm gonna take another another sip real quick. Wow,
2: it's it's almost as depressing as when we had that one from uh, the ludicrous. What was it? The
1: from Firewalker. The like, luponic
2: distortion. Luponic distortion when we couldn't Number figure three, out
1: three they actually started putting out on the bottle what
0: hops they're using. Uh, it was so annoying. When you couldn't figure that out. Okay, maybe it's it's not the hops, like maybe it's it was just like the change going from the um the scorpion stout. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> I'm talking about Mortal Kombat Beers. Um maybe it's just the change in palette going from the Scorpion set to the Sub-Zero IPA Um, like I just need to like readjust my palette to it um, because I took another step and it's it's not bad like I don't want to sound terrible Um, it's it does have that richness that you would expect from an Imperial IPA like there's a depth to that hop profile on it it's like that mouth coating hop like, whatever, like, acids are in there, like, they've frozen my mouth. Like, I'm still tasting it. I'm just getting ready for it to uppercut me. Um, it, It's not bad. It's not my favorite. In fact, it'd probably be my least favorite of the three. Um, But it's not bad. I mean, this is one that I would put at a three on untapped. I, I will drink it. I will finish it. It's not gonna be a drain pour. Um but I, I wanna find out what they actually use to brew it because this is one of those hops that I'm just kinda like eh, not my favorite. Like I'm definitely more on the like citra mosaic.
1: Um, I,
0: I like the more citrusy hops, kinda like the more floral pop than I do the pine coney resin. Yeah, it's it's not bad. I mean, I think spending thirty bucks or whatever for three bottles of Mortal Kombat inspired beer, I, I've spent more for beers I've liked less. Um, if this is something you can find out around you, yeah, you know, give them a shot. Even if it's just to like drink it and then be like, uh, it was a beer or whatever, and then have it on your shelf, it's it's all good. I'm. I'm thinking if I see anything else from Sound Brewery, which I will now put in my uh, brain box as something to Google and find out if I can find them around here. Yeah, I would I would try more stuff from them.
2: Sure. So you're saying that uh, sound is a safe bet.
0: So it's it, safe it, and sound. It's, it's a sound choice. Oh, even better. I'm... I'm just I'm looking forward to finishing this one so I can go back to that uh, scorpion one. Honestly,
2: really the jalapeno scorpion, scorpion,
0: um, southwest chilies and vanilla bean, probably my favorite of the three. It's like an awe-inspiring balance of just everything.
2: Let's get to a comic book that was the favorite of somebody's. I don't know if that's true or not. Uh, Which one? Uh, Either Doom Patrol or Teen Titans. Said Probably, why don't you introduce
0: the next one, so it's your choice. Oh,
2: okay. Uh, I don't have any of the information loaded up, because that's how I roll. So I'm going to go with uh, <laughs> Teen Titans Rebirth, number one, written by, let's see here, let's see here, by Benjamin Piercy, and pencils by John Boy Myers. Wow, what an easy way to, what easy names to pronounce. Uh, I will not... <laughs> I will not pronounce the colored by, because that will just uh, mess me up. Oh
0: yeah, no, don't do that. Jim
2: Carrol and uh, this is the story. by Frank Lepidus.
0: <laughs> That's a lost reference for John. You don't oh, get that, Paul. I you don't, don't get to it. laugh at it. I don't get it. But this,
2: <laughs> this right here is the uh, getting the band back together, and this is the story of
0: apparently Tim Drake. He did. He did. He did. He did. But he, but he's not. Uh, and that all happens in detective comics. Oh. And Which has been really good.
2: So it's,
0: I I'm glad I made my Batman choice and like kept on detective comics. Good.
2: Because this is a story not of detective comics, but this is the Teen Titans and people that weren't in the Teen Titans, like Starfire, like all dealing with Tim Drake's death. So it's Beast Boy like just partying, he's in Malibu or in Southern California. I don't know, being really know DJ. where. a DJ. He's being a DJ. He's just having wild parties. Uh, not being able to really relate to anybody. But he's throwing these parties in order to just try to throw himself into the crowd and, and get himself lost. And you got Raven, who is just being Raven. We don't get.
0: Yeah, yeah being removed.
2: Mm-hmm. Uh, we got Starfire, just trying to help out people. And uh, we're. Bohemian? Or not Bohemian. Uh, Caribbean? Like Caribbean. Yeah. yeah. Maybe Haiti or something like that. And, uh, somehow some attacker, we're not going to mention who, we all know it's Damien. Uh,
0: he, he's, not, he's on the cover. It's Damien Wayne.
2: <laughs> it's Damien Wayne. Taking them all down. And then at the very end, revealing himself that he needed to bring them all together and this was the best way, plan? And Kid Flash. And Kid Flash. Oh yeah, Kid Flash is there. Awesome. Uh... And this is the best way he could figure out how to do it, not sending a Facebook invite or anything. Like
0: it's it's Damian Wayne, like of course after reading the issues of him trying to take out all the other Robins, of course him trying to get the teen titans together is going to be him trying to take everyone out at the knees. Yeah. Like it, it it sounds ridiculous for any other character besides Damian Wayne.
2: Right. But like you just said, because that's was my going to be my main focus is like I've read this book before. He did it with the Robins; <laughs> it was good. It was done better. It was done better. Damian Wayne should have stayed dead. Uh, I'm just I'm just tired of the character. He's the, got nowhere to go. The
1: book yeah, looks. But... Go ahead. The book looks great. I did not enjoy the story. Like it just seemed kind of like Paul saying it just sounds like so old hat in a way of him coming and knocking the people out. But also it was the characters themselves. I just didn't really care. I enjoyed a little bit of the Raven one and the Flash one just because I haven't I don't really know too much about this Wally West. Mm-hmm. So it was interesting to see Wally's take on himself talking about himself, but mm-hmm. I don't know. I just could not get into this book. I really disliked it.
0: No, I I will agree with you on the fact that the Raven and Kid Flash parts were probably, like, my two favorite, like, quote-unquote character introductions. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel like I just read about Starfire trying to break up, like, child slaving rings with Red Hood and the Outlaws, like, three years ago. Um, so I don't need that story anymore, but what's interesting to me is I read this, and as soon as you start looking at it, It's definitely very different from everything else that we've seen in the, like, DC Rebirth universe so far. This is very bright. Um, I don't like referring to comic book art as cartoony, but everything's a little bit more exaggerated and, like, clean cut. Mm -hmm. And probably about halfway through this book, I realized I was reading the successor to, like, Cartoon Network's Teen Titans Go! Like, this is kind of that graduation book where if you have kids or if you watch Teen Titans and you're like, wow, this is a fun, like, zany cartoon, this is kind of that stepping stone from the cartoons to the darker comic book universe. Because it's still very accessible, it's not totally in tone with everything else that's happening with the DC universe, it's a little bit goofy. Mm-hmm. but the artwork's accessible enough that it can present that youth to it while still having some kind of gravity to it. Um and it wasn't until I think like the raven stuff where I was finally like okay, like I I'm now interested in this book. Um because this is this is kind of like zero issue territory for a comic book it's literally you get like three or four pages of each member of the uh, teen titans beast boy starfire raven um kid flash so not wally west but wally west Uh, uh so not wally who is the flash but the new kid that they introduced in the new 52 who is iris west's other nephew um, so Wally West's cousin, Wallace, or Wally, I don't know who's Wally and who's Wallace. It's, it's one of those comic book things that you just kind of look past. Yeah, it's uh,
2: definitely off the wall.
0: But being brought together by Damien as the new Teen Titans.
1: The thing
2: is, any time, it's kind of like the Indiana Jones in the refrigerator mm-hmm. kind of scenario where you watch a character survive a nuclear blast in Indiana Jones with the Crystal Skull, and you're like, okay... If he can survive a nuclear blast, he can survive anything? So when Damian Wayne can take out all these characters that he are recruiting
0: We're with what, tasers.
2: What what threat could he be facing that these characters could help him take out?
1: He just defeated these guys. Super easy. Without but even he's going to use them as chess pieces. Yeah. He's, he's going to play them with their strengths in the areas that he needs them.
0: I, I mean, I don't know if you read the solicitation stuff, but he's, he's being targeted by uh, the League of Assassins.
2: So he gets the Teen Titans and not, like, Lady Shiva or any of the other... Or like, go to his dad. Yeah.
1: Yes. <laughs> or...
2: Or any other like ninja awesome people like Cassandra Kane or okay you know? th-
0: this is in, inside the bubble uh, inside yeah. baseball. okay. this is the Teen Titans. This is them bringing back the legacy to the rebir- uh, rebirth universe. But- I- I'm okay with what this book presents and what it's supposed to be, even if I'm not the biggest fan of it because this is bringing in the younger generation of heroes now. This is putting them in line with the people that we know have always been around, and like solidifying and cementing their place.
2: It's uh, such a weird roster, though. When you say that, you're saying, "Oh, it's bringing the Teen Titans," but it's not. It's Damian Wayne, Robin, and it's got, but it's Starfire and Beast Boy, and then this new Kid Flash and Raven. So it's like this older mix. It almost seems like we need. A young justice, but not young justice. So the outsiders back when the outsiders were around. A young justice, and then a Teen Titans, or something like that. Because now Beast Boy seems like he's too
1: old to be boy, and Raven seems too old to be Raven. This, you know, to I, be I, this really like seems more like a real teenager than when we had like the teenage Beast Boy from like the eighties and nineties. Okay. I mean, this one's down to fuck. <laughs> like he's trying to get that girl in the pool. He's going skinny dipping with that girl. He's right. I, I
0: think maybe just from how everyone presented um is presented. Sorry, mm-hmm. Starfire is kind of the only one that seems like on that cusp. Like, no, she doesn't belong on this team. Mm-hmm. I think um Beast Boy, Gar Logan, is kind of presented youthful enough where he's he's still young. um yeah, Raven's young enough.
1: Garcia's I,
2: I like think, the creepy you're, I think you're gonna be college them as kid that like, keeps
0: on hanging out at
2: the high school parties, so. though.
1: But, like, <laughs> like, but he's drawn like a little kid.
2: Yeah, but that's because he can shape shift. So who know? You know? You know what I mean? Like he just seems like the older guard now, though.
0: But that and that's uh, what I want to get to is I think you're going to look at um, Beast Boy, Raven, and Starfire as being like that old guard. Like they're going to be the ones being. The ones that bring that uh, leadership and knowledge to the team, because the I team's
2: mean, just two other Damien, kids. I mean, Damian Wayne's point.
0: been around for ten years now, and like they're always going to paint him as that petulant child. I mean, mm-hmm. the newest character we have here is Kid Flash, Wally West, who's been around for a little bit now since he did appear in the New Fifty Two, and I didn't read any of those issues, but. Like the four pages you get of him, I was like, okay, I like this character. I've seen him in—I oh, want to say—Titans is he's the a other like impulse
1: kind of character.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, like Titans is like the Wally Wally West book, um, and he's shown up over there. And I I like this character. They're kind of bringing him into Flash now with season three. I, I know you're going to wait for that to pop up on Netflix. Yep. Um, They're I,
1: all up on the app now. Ooh. What app?
2: What, CW well, yeah, app. watch them as they post. Oh. Well, I'm not caught up on season two yet, guys. I don't
0: even know about Flashpoint. Don't spoil things for me. <laughs> um, I I like this book. It's It's not perfect. It reads like a zero issue. This should be one of those things that I picked up for a dollar. Like... On a stack next to the register because, like, hey, do you want to read Teen Titans Rebirth? It's a dollar. Yeah, okay, throw it on yeah. the stack. It definitely. Um, th- there's not a lot of substance to this book besides, like, hey, here's what you're going to be reading in the actual Teen Titans number one.
2: But talking about not a lot of substance. Don't oh, you we dare! We've got another one. Never mind. I was going to go to Trinity, but we still got one more book here. Okay, thank you. This is a mind twister of a... I have no idea what's going on in this book. Like, (laughs) so there is a civilization in a burrito? Or a gyro? I'm sorry. I don't even know. Like...
1: What? Welcome to the world of Gerard Way. What? And Doom Patrol.
2: Okay. So my review for this book is what? And that's all I got to say about
0: this. Um... John, do you want to take point on this one? Sure.
1: So this is Doom Patrol, written by Gerard Way, Uh, art by Nick Durrington, and uh, this is taking place years after something has kind of happened to the Doom Patrol, they're not around anymore, and you're following the main character of Casey Brink, who is an ambulance driver, Mm -hmm. who's Kinda getting caught in the middle of all of the Doom Patrol coming back. Uh, this book is definitely out there. It's little higher planes of, I wouldn't say intellect, but kind of that weirdness. With yeah. you know, is there, th- is there a, as you said, like is there a mini universe in that Euro? Yes, it is, and that's where. You Robot Man is so. It's, but he's not there because he's also here. No, he's not. He when the thing blew up, he escaped. Oh, that's how he escaped into that, our planet. That's the.
0: Existence. If you go to that page, that's the silhouette that's falling to the cityscape. Oh,
1: okay. Oh, I didn't catch that. Somebody swiping too fast.
0: Mm-hmm. <laughs> um. This book reminded me of why I like Gerard Way writing comic books, because he can take something that I either don't know or don't care about, and then just present it in a way that just is instantly engrossing. Um, I might be a little bit biased because uh, it does stand to note that Gerard Way is the lead singer of the pop punk slash emo band My Chemical Romance, who I absolutely adore. Um, But even before all that happened, he was an intern at DC Comics. He tried to pitch stuff to uh, Cartoon Network for Adult Swim. This is a person that's extremely nerdy, but has done good. Um, He's made a name for himself. He's made a name for himself? I'm not going to say he's done good. Ayo, (laughs) Doom is one of those books that has always been around, but I've never really taken note of or wanted to read until he showed up on it. And it's because of his other work on stuff like um, Fabulous Lives of the Killjoys, which we talked about on some episode of the show. I don't remember. Mm -hmm. Uh, But then from, also over at Dark Horse Comics, Umbrella Academy, which we did for a trade and policy years ago at this point. Mm -hmm. Um still available on iTunes. Go find them. I won't tell you where, because I don't know. It's dedication, people. But the, yeah, this is definitely a Doom Patrol coming
2: out of the crazier Grant Morrison Doom Patrol. Like, the really crazy Grant Morrison Doom Are, Patrol. Are
1: microphones picking up? Yeah, I think so. I hear you.
0: Yeah,
1: you're fine. Are yeah. you sure? Yes! Hello! Because we're Hi. not making any... Yeah, that's fine. Okay, because I, I'm sorry. Like, I just got to this point where it was like, oh my god, I hope we're. Yes, I got. <laughs> I, hope we're recording. I got levels all on
2: right, the, computer, right. the computer there. No,
0: um, yeah, it, it's Grant Morrison like crazy out there, but also it's more accessible. This is that like foot into the Grant Morrison doorway. I feel.
1: This would definitely be something that having like if you read this and you have the time between. Next issue, you would reread it and hopefully pick up what it's actually trying to tell you. I think you have to have some knowledge of the Doom Patrol to enjoy this book. I, I do, do feel that way. Uh, no, that's what's in your pants. And...
0: <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. It's a good one, Paul. Um, I'm going to disagree with you and say no. Because I know nothing about the Doom Patrol besides there's a guy in a wheelchair and Robot Man is on the team and then there's someone else that's bandaged up.
2: Where you say you don't know anything about the Doom Patrol, I say I'm totally Jon Snow about the Doom Patrol. I know nothing. Just like Jon Snow.
0: This book is instantly accessible and I think it's worth noting that this is also kind of the um the man on the moon almost for dc's new imprint young animal and gerard wade uh does go into detail kind of in a letter from the writer slash essay in the back end about how he wants to bring crazy back to comics oh he Uh, did it's there this is I, i i i'm on board uh We've had one other issue from Young Animals come out, which I didn't purchase because I thought maybe Paul would. With Shade the issue? Changing Girl.
2: Oh, I read the back up there. And I'm like, um, I have no idea what's going on in this one either. I, I feel like that's how uh, like, Young Animals going to be. It's like Inside Out, but if Inside Out actually affected everybody outside instead of being affecting what she's feeling on the inside. So it, it's Outside Out. Outside Out. Well, were you a big fan of Shade, the Changing Man? No, no. no we the, were, it's the Shade from Shade, shade from yeah, uh, Starman. But uh, I know who the character is a little bit. But the
1: man. Yeah. What? Uh, I, That's say, all I like, can honestly say, like, I didn't hate the book. I didn't love the book. I think the book is beautiful. I think he does a good job to introduce what is going on with this world. You know, like you have the, the meeting of all those those people who are aliens. Uh, it's something I would want to read and trade. I don't think I would wait issue to issue with this. I'd want to sit down and get all my answers at one time because it's a book that there's so much little stuff going on that every time you'd read a new issue a month apart, you'd be like, wait, wait, What? and you'd have to like refresh yourself I feel where if it in a trade po- you could just clean through it
0: I I think this is why Gerard Way writes awesome comic books because it's so crazy like right from the get go your first four panels on the first page are someone receiving a trophy for something an ambulance crash in the middle of the desert with someone in a bodysuit that looks like a daredevil like passed out next to it. A bomb dropping that says Grandma. And then someone kissing what looks like a metallic sphere. None of these panels have anything to do with anything. But you have just some narration going through the four of them. It's crazy. It's out there. But it's not so scary that it doesn't interest you. He just has this I'm going to use it again, accessibility that brings you in. It's not alienating at all. I, and I, I think he handles it masterfully. I, I don't care about Doom Patrol. I don't know anything about Doom Patrol. But this is a book that I want to read more of. And even if I hadn't read stuff like Beverly's Lives of the Keljoys or Umbrella Academy before, if this was his first book coming out from D.C., I'd be on board. It's fun. It's crazy. There's an alternate universe that's existing in a Euro that someone gets from a food truck that then manifests itself into our world. Um, but also There's a weird singing telegram itself. that shows up, kills a dude, and then it's like, hey, I'm going to be your new roommate. Yeah. Nothing about this book makes sense, but that's that's the fun of it. This book is just fun.
2: Uh, now we can switch over to the one book that I'm bringing to the table this, this time, uh, this month. And, uh, I'm talking about, I was very excited about this because it was Francis, Francis Manipole on our, and also written by Francis Manipole, also colored by Francis Manipal. This is Francis Manipal's books. Inked, colored, penciled, written. It's all on him.
0: Um, I didn't realize he did like everything on it
2: Yeah, this is it he, He's the only one uh, He actually went down to the print shop And actually worked on the printing And and layouts and everything too So And he glued the pages together he, It's it's like a small press book Done at DC John just hates me At all times during this episode
1: You <laughs> <laughs> just made me laugh What are you talking
2: okay. about uh, This is DC Rebirth uh, Trinity Number one, Better Together, part one. And in this issue, uh, we, John and I were talking about this before the show, and it definitely seems like you kind of want it to be like a special like Thanksgiving episode, because all it is is Bruce, Diana, and Clark with Lois getting together for a like family dinner. Uh, as soon month, as I
0: started month, reading this, I, so I was like, oh my god, this is going to be Paul's favorite book this month.
2: It's, it is nice, but it is so slow because of that. It's, it's a very kind of quiet book. Uh, we get John, who's a character that I'm not very. I have no idea who he is. All I know is this, because in stupid new fifty-two, like they stopped Superman from where he was, and then we had this new Superman. So in this new, this new new fifty-two that we're now in, that Superman has died. The one that was in the New 52, the one that wore the jeans and the boots that I enjoyed, but then he got, you know, the stupid suit. And he went super. Oh, uh, he wasn't that good. And I stopped reading him, and he was dating Wonder Woman. So, uh, this Wonder Woman that we have now remembers dating Superman, but not this Superman that they're actually having dinner with, because this is a su- Superman that was from pre New 52. Got it? Yeah.
0: Yeah, like, the, the, the Earth-152 that they introduced with uh, Infinite Crisis that was like quote-unquote our 52
2: Yeah. So pre-New 52, but not Earth-252. And not living inside of a burrito. 52. Uh, but I really enjoyed the look of this book. You know, that Francis Manipole uh, nice... Watercolory, vibrant storytelling. I loved all these double-page spreads with the introduction of the characters. Wonder Woman's coming mm-hmm. out with the Giant Four out of the Invisible Jet. Batman's coming out with bats flying around him out of the Bat Plane. Superman's just coming out of like a secret tunnel that he has, <laughs> leading to his, his secret farm hideout that he grew up on. Uh, you know, with the Superman symbol like kind of behind him. And and this story is all about Lois Lane just wanting the best for her family. And and this is the thing: is I don't have that connection to this family yet, of Lois Lane, John, and Kal El.
1: Well, you're not; they've only been around for two months, three months. But and I I I do want to say
0: that's the whole point of this book is because they don't know these characters, Mm -hmm. but they feel like they should because they come from a universe where, you know, Batman and Wonder Woman. Were their friends like? They're they're coming in fresh with all this other, like, almost baggage, but they're aware of like who everyone was to everyone else in like like their universe. Um, it's a crazy, crazy idea to go into a book with that, but it's still, it still works. Like, I really enjoy this because it does have that crazy out there premise but when you sit down it's basically just four people that are friends that should be friends.
1: Yeah,
2: I like it you know uh, Superman's telling the story about how Bruce dressed up like with a rainbow costume like the Surrender or whatever it was and Bruce is like I have no recollection of that ever happening and you're not sure if it actually did happen or if, and Bruce doesn't want to admit it or this is a different <laughs> part just like of the world. Playing it cool. Where yeah, uh, that it didn't happen, and those are the little moments that are kind of crazy to me. And John, right? This character, John, um, is this uh, General Zod's and Ursa's son, like from the pre fifty two? Or I think is this? So. Yeah,
0: really I, I'm I'm pretty sure that's who it is.
2: That was trapped in the Phantom Zone for a but while. But then we what?
0: also had the. Um, I can't remember. It was during Flashpoint. Oh, I want to say where they did like those one-offs where, yeah,
2: it was during Convergence where she was pregnant and they were going to have a kid together. So I'm not sure if that's the, who this character is, and that's what I'm saying. I'm I'm a little confused because I and that's the connections that I'm not having right now, because, and they don't really explain that in this book.
1: But also, you can just say it's one of those. It's one of those. It's two. one of those. So just that. It's that, that, that. I think that's, that's something
0: that's easily like. Like, it, you can you, find that out you can google it you or you can could just google probably or, read what's happening in superman or action comics now which we talked about those first issues which i think we all enjoyed like two months ago yeah
1: i think the other um, thing you can do is just make your your mind up i okay. made my mind up that it was from the jeff johns richard donner run where the kid was there and that's okay. who this kid is that's how i've been going after it that's how i've been reading it from the other books to this book and yeah, like I said to you, like it feels like it's the Thanksgiving anthology book. But I did enjoy it. I think I liked it more than some of the other books on the mm-hmm. on it. I was a little let down with the Wonder Woman parts
2: because I'm reading Wonder Woman, so it was like a recap of things that I already knew. Like
0: when she's talking about Cheetah. I and- I think that's kind of this book's strength though. Is it It doesn't catch you up on what's happening, but it's not bogged down by, bogged down by current continuity where you have to be reading Wonder Woman. Like, I'm glad you've been picking up those up because I've, I read those when I had the hurricane hit. Okay. Um, and I enjoyed them. Uh, but I, I liked seeing Wonder Woman alongside Lois. It was a extremely human moment that I don't think we've really had in any kind of wonder woman or superman comic book recently
1: and that's i think that's kind of what this book is about is these characters being more more human more of a yeah character story than a super story but i think you're definitely gonna have them being super but oh yeah, I'm
0: number two is going to be crazy based off like the cliffhanger.
2: Yeah, because you know it ends with Lois saying they can break down any walls and they're literally looking at a wall between timelines, it seems. Because it's them looking back at the past with Clark, with his... with Jonathan Kent. With maybe Crypto, maybe just a dog. Shelby. Uh, all there together.
0: All right, I really like this book. Mm -hmm. Um, it's not something I would have bought on my own, but I'm glad you brought it to the table, because it's something I want to see more of.
2: Yeah, it's definitely number two behind Batman Beyond Rebirth. Just because, you know, I felt like, kind of got bogged down with, like, trying to catch me up with some of the characters I already knew where they were, and then I'm a little confused at who's who. But not as confused as I was reading either Doom Patrol or the next book we're going to be talking about.
0: I I feel like Doom Patrol was meant to be confusing, though. Mm Mm-hmm. For,
2: um. Brigada Breg, Breg, Brig Brigada
1: I think it's Brigada Brigada
2: Yeah,
0: Brigada. Uh, uh
1: this is uh I got lost in the mist. Written and illustrated <laughs> written and illustrated by
0: All, all's honor today
1: Enrique uh Fernandez and this is translated uh into English by Mike Kennedy. Hmm. And this is from Magnetic Press. Uh, I picked this up for a dollar. Oh. It's a indie book. It was t- like a buck. So I, I, can I see said, the attraction. Oh, okay. I'll pick it up. And the thing that... I thought the story was okay. It's a mm-hmm. uh, deep fantasy kind of... You have to really pay attention to figure out what's going on in the book. But I thought for a dollar... For a dollar, this is awesome. <laughs> the art in this is definitely someone who I thought... This is somebody you got to keep an eye out for because... I thought the art in this was great, and it's not just—I mean, he's got a certain character design for his kind of North uh, Norse characters. But and those the, are dwarf they they're dwarves
2: as well. Well, because the first two characters you meet, the father-daughter team, they seemed human, but Norse. You like Norse humans? Yeah. And then we meet the dwarves, and everybody has very angular, angular, angular. Anglican features but also very angular you know like they're drawn very angular like it's very harsh lines very you know uh, sharp lines you know 90 degree angles and stuff and it made me uh, very confused to to keep up with which characters are which from panel to panel because some of them do blend together especially
0: with the dwarves Yeah, I Um, I, I did a like I don't want to say research but I just looked into it after I read this, and this originally came out as a hardcover book, um, two volumes, mm-hmm. and each one $20. So the fact that you got this like for a dollar is awesome. Wait, so this one issue was a hardcover
2: for $20? Um, this
0: one issue is basically volume number one, which was wow. 1999 over at Amazon.
2: I can understand that because I know uh, in like the European market, uh, like Black Sad and some of the other like highly touted books like that have come out in hardcovers, they are pricey. But I think you would get a lot
0: more pages. Is that? I don't think it's so much like a page count thing as much as it is like it's one person doing everything on it because okay. um, well, what I was his name Enrique
1: Fernandez.
0: Fernandez like wrote this book and then drew it which I do I think this book's awesome and the only thing that kind of took me out of it was the lettering on it was a little bit more stylized so it was kind of harder to read so I had to actually switch to the um, panel view option in Comixology because I Mm -hmm. couldn't see what was actually reading in the uh, word balloons.
1: I think also it's because they've taken the original text out and then added the English in because right. the English also is way too small for the word bubble. Like every single word bubble, it's almost way too small. Yeah, because for the kerneling
0: wouldn't work. Uh, you know? Yeah, you're right. Yeah, yes.
1: but uh, I thought like I I enjoyed the story con- considering where this story's going, but it was it was the art in this that just. I was just like, man, it's just beautiful looking, and yeah, yeah, like the character designs. Paul, you said you had a hard time with some people, but like, the like this guy, like the guy with the giant white eyebrows. Like I know he's the guy that's, with the. Giant- that's the guy who's in charge. That's the guy they forced <laughs> coming out of yeah. retirement he's to a- lead this ragtag brigade. Either that, only-
2: or join the old. What was he? The old ninnies or the old I forget the
1: old granny brigade, or something like that. And, like, the kind of, um, the brother-sister who are doing, like, magic. Like, I could kind of tell... I, I had no problem okay. telling the difference between people. I kept on waiting for the little girl to show up again from the very beginning. And
2: I guess she doesn't?
1: I didn't realize that it was a girl. I thought that was a boy. I thought
2: it was a girl. Like, I, yeah, I thought it was a girl. And they and talk about this go back. warrior um, that's
1: going to come and save them,
0: and but the warrior never does show up, or we never see that warrior? I don't I, don't I just don't know. It, it's hard because it's high fantasy and you're literally just thrown in into the middle of it. And I don't want to say that took me out of it, but I felt like with every page and every panel I was reading, I was like trying to play catch-up. And the only thing that really kept me going was the artwork because the artwork is gorgeous in it. It reminds me of Trad Moore, who we've talked about before when we've talked about um, Ghost Rider and then any of the legend of Luther Strode books. Yeah. Um, it, it's a very kind of flat art style with everyone being very angular and, um, features being pronounced on it. But the coloring in this book is fantastic. And as much as I did kind of feel like giving up, like with every page, I was like, I, I don't need to read any more of this. I did keep reading it because it looked so good. And as I got further and further into it, the story started to finally kind of connect for me.
1: Yeah. And, I mean, it's it's only, like, 30 pages, but it feels like you've read, like, an entire book. Like, there's so much going on. Um, but, yeah, the, the reason I really wanted to bring it was I thought it was such a, a gorgeous-looking book, and definitely someone who at least art-wise I'd love to see in the mainstream. It's somebody who I'm going to continue to follow. He has um, a couple other series that he's done that I was going to look into buying. Um, at the time, when I looked it up, they were only in like Spanish, so I couldn't get them. But uh, I would definitely check out his other stuff.
0: Now, he's one of those artists, like, if he did make the Jump to American Comics... And he was working on something with someone that like was recognizable, someone from the big two, Marvel or DC. I I would pick that book up just to see like what else he can do.
1: Yeah.
0: Um, do we want to do power ratings?
1: Ooh, I
2: kind of keep it a all the way. Tonight, um, like okay, I'll go first because you I'm, go
1: first. I'm going to take two
2: seconds. Batman Beyond number, uh, Rebirth number one. Trinity number two, uh, Brigade number three, Ever After number four, and then the last one was Doom Patrol. Wow, I'm dude. I'm sorry I made you fo- read that. I could No, I just couldn't follow it. Like I, it's such not. It's so not a Paul book. It was also one of those things where I was reading all these kind of together to get ready for the show, and then we didn't actually have the show. So maybe if I gave it more time, instead of just like. From reading it, so let's go.
0: Um, I I will say number two for Dupedro comes out this week. I'm I'm definitely grabbing it. So if you want to like revisit number one, mm-hmm. and then read number two after it, like
2: yeah, it might.
0: Like clear your head, like go in, like okay, I know this book's gonna be just nuts and nonsensical, yeah, and kind of read it as that.
2: I get myself in the right mindset, and then also maybe just relax with it. You know, just have a beer, enjoy it. Maybe you get a gyro. that
0: and won't explode. I, I do want a euro right now. I could go for a euro. Go to Milton. John, uh, do you have your power yeah. list, or do you want me to go? Uh,
1: I'm going to say Trinity number one, uh, oh. Batman uh, Beyond Rebirth two, Ever After, um, Brigada, Brigada, uh, Doom Patrol, then Teen Titans.
0: Okay. Um, I, I have to think if there's like one of these books that I would keep on buying, Doom Patrol number one. Uh, then after that, I'd probably go Batman Beyond, and then Trinity, then uh, Ever After, Brigada, just to see because it's beautiful. And then Teen Titans at the end. I not that I didn't like it, but I don't need to. I don't need to read this book. Wow. Well.
2: Uh, you know, he had a strong defense for it. you seemed to really like it, you know, when you were... It, really I, it like wasn't it,
0: like so. that I really liked it, but I can see what they're doing with it. Mm-hmm. Um, and like I said, like, of all the, what, six books we did? Mm-hmm. Two, three, uh, four, six. five, six, yeah. Of the six books, if I had to drop off of something, that would probably be the first to go. Um, I don't see it having any kind of lasting impact. Well... I think just Brigada is a beautiful book, and I want to see what else that, um, Enrique Fernandez can bring to the table, because, yeah, that book is beautiful and it's gorgeous. And while I might not have been like wholly invested in it, I did want to keep seeing what happened. And listeners, hey, we might not have been with you last
2: week, but man, did we give you two hours worth of content this week? <laughs> <laughs> there was, books to review there was news that weren't backs, that great man. there there was john swearing so much show so thank you so much for listening you can check us out over online everywhere that you can find any social media content twitter facebook uh, instagram you know check out chris on his other show uh what is it called again parks and uh that's, that's parks, parks and wrecked and, and then uh check out john on his other show horror movie massacre that Which happen? you
0: guys do need to do like a horror movie like Halloween thing.
1: I know. We, we've just been having Call, r-
0: call Maddie up because
1: we've been having trouble getting um, top five together. movies to
0: watch during Halloween
2: season.
1: Just do a top five list. Yeah. No, we have stuff planned. We have stuff planned. It's just getting together and he's having some um, there's some family stuff going yeah.
2: on. Yeah, I can understand
1: Aww. that. But what do you call top
2: fives over at your uh, over at your show, Chris? Oh, the Fab Fives? The Fab Five.
1: Oh, I'm stealing that for my
2: show. Yeah, yeah. Do do a Fab Five for your show. (laughs) And then uh, you can check me out on uh, LinkedIn, where I'll be looking for your job soon. So (laughs) find me there, listeners. Hire me. Hire me.